All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Another episode of Tea Time. Uh, what time is it? It's 2.02, Saturday the 12th of August, 2023, year of our Lord. We are in a building in UF that we didn't break into. We are perfectly legally allowed to be in here with our cocaine and hookers. Um, today with me, I have Seth, a history expert. Uh, he is a d- qualified historian. He has a degree, and he just got the Nobel Pulitzer Prize in history. 75% of those things are true. Oh, well, there I we think. go. <laughs> I, think. You, I definitely wouldn't call myself a history expert. Oh, bring, it, bring it like, you want it okay. to be like... No, no yeah, echoey? Yeah, my, the, the mic echoey. is your bitch. Just bring it like... Okay. Oh, yeah, tight, tighten this. the screws. Yeah. Is it this one? We're not going to edit this out, by the way. Okay. And I say we, as though there's somebody else. Editing is for... Pussies, pussies. There we go. Okay. You want the moist? This is like all everybody's turning it off as we speak. <laughs> They're gonna lose so much. Well, okay. I mean, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the Eastern Orthodox? Or you want to start with Let's the start with history. history? Let's start with history. So, wait, you study what medieval history? Yeah, I, I studied medieval history. When is medieval? Because I don't like. It's like there was Jesus, and mm-hmm. then they were like. Mm-hmm. like surfs and then yep. the american revolution you got it that was pretty much <laughs> yeah mine. they came here i think newton was in there somewhere no america wasn't no, invented till the 1700s Mm-mm. no it didn't happen um so i would not really quick to qualify my two echoes is okay yeah this is okay. fine okay uh, i would definitely not call myself a historian you're have, a historian but I, but I have had two people who i would consider historians and two very intelligent archaeologists call me a historian they said, they said you paid for the degree so might as well that's what i'm saying yeah for tea time purposes you're the most qualified person All we've right. had on <laughs> that's very fun so uh the medieval period which to you and to the four people i suppose who are going to listen to this yes. or 300 at some point um, when Nine they go back views. when they go back and listen to the good ones the old ones where you sold yourself out <laughs> the classics um they i will do anything for money by the way ladies and gentlemen sponsors uh, <laughs> I, i'm gonna go ahead and say to everybody you're not allowed to call it the dark ages anymore the term is that racially charged yes uh, <laughs> uh, the term the dark ages <clears throat> can technically still be used but it, perf- it refers to like the first half of the middle ages so 500 to about the year 1000 okay which for the purposes of being specific if you want to be specific call that the migration period don't call it the dark ages or call it the early Middle Ages. That's what I... Why? Why? Because uh, everyone was moving around. That's why it's the migration period. The Anglos, the Saxons, the Jutes, the Vikings, um, Normans, they're all running around. Just fucking in Europe. Not, so you specialize really in Europe. Yeah. Yeah, Western... The only one that matters. European, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Western European, late medieval history, specifically in England. So about the year 1300 to 1500, kind of. But my preference is like... 1350 to like 1410 so you'll never get a job is what you're saying <laughs> unless i teach that very specific like that stuff is so I will, yeah. specific i have a job now holy shit okay yeah there you go i have like four jobs people i went to a um or I, it was a zoom conference i remember uh ucf had and before the lady came up or after because they had this speaker who worked for ronald reagan mm. and she was very vehemently stating like history you see history is a good degree it can open a lot of doors it's a beginning and i'm like <laughs> okay lady like you're not <laughs> yeah it, it is so anyone that has ever taken a history class in college um, or really like an advanced English class in high mm. school. Those are the closest to like college history classes. Not like AP history, that, that's stupid. But like <laughs> AP Lit and Lang mm-hmm. were like the closest things to college history classes that you can take in high school. Um, Why? Just because it has a focus on essay writing and research. 
Mm. Whereas history classes are just memorization usually. Yeah. But most of the history classes you're going to take in college or at a university level, masters or anything, um, are going to be writing and researching on your own, basically. Okay. And then coming to class to kind of have like a, here's where we are, this is the time period where, just mm. to remind you guys, this is what the class is about, let's yeah. have like a 50-minute lecture, but then go home and write your own paper kind of thing. Okay, so it's a lot of just independent. Yeah. Just you need to know yeah. your shit on your own. And it's different from professor to professor. But having a history degree does not make you an expert in history. What it basically says is... And I've worked on this spiel a lot, so hopefully, because I've said this to a lot of people. Oh, I know you get the question. What it basically says is you know how to research a topic. Mm -hmm. You know how to write okay. Mm -hmm. You can put your ideas in sentences on a piece of paper Mm. um, and make it long. And (laughs) you know how to cite your sources. That's about all it means. So how many essays have you had to write, do you think? Like like 100, probably. That sounds painful. I hate writing. I love it. I love it. I, I'm going to turn you up a little bit. Turn me up. Turn me up. I I love writing. Uh, I think the longest paper I wrote, which is nothing crazy, was like 45 pages. Cool. And that was for a World War II research seminar class that I really didn't care about. So you didn't care and you wrote no. 45 pages? I had to. You're like, yeah. It was like 40 required. And then I was writing like a history of a unit that had never had their history written before. So Okay. Pretty- so what like brought you to 1350 to fourteen? 14- 10, 1420. Skyrim. 1420. <laughs> really? That's that's then? I thought that was older. Um, no, Skyrim is not, obviously not historic at all. It's not. It's a I mean, game. okay, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, like, I don't no, know, just swords and wood stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you know history. <laughs> so when I started at the University of North Georgia, where mm-hmm. I started school, military school, military senior military college, it, um, I came in and I picked a history degree because I knew it would be easy. And anyone that tells you that a history degree is not easy is probably not very good at writing or doesn't like to read. Mm. And, I mean, even still, you can, like, most of these textbooks and stuff we read, they have, like, audiobooks. Mm. You can you can just find You can get away with it. Yeah, you can find the audiobook for it. Um, and uh, I came in because I wanted an easy degree while I was going through the military program. Mm. Four years later, I was going to spit me out as a second lieutenant. I was going to go to ranger school. Who uh, I was going to do all the the operator stuff and oh, I was yeah. going to go to Afghanistan and fight for Israel kind of thing Woo! <laughs> but, so why were you like hey maybe I'm not going to go do yeah. that um, so when I got to North Georgia the hazing was not the hard part the losing the weight whatever it was just everyone was so miserable there mm. it was like a, like a group misery kind of thing and what makes North Georgia a little different from not all but some of the other senior military colleges like the Citadel mm-hmm. is it's like an 80-20 split normal students 80% 20% like cadets oh so you get to see what normal yeah. life is so like they, like you go to class in your uniform with your shaved head oh. and everyone's sitting around in like t-shirts and oh, it's in Georgia so they're wearing like their shakos or whatever <laughs> yeah like this guy's a skinny head. and you actually um, a lot of guys got their clothing privileges before their hair privileges so they're going to class just with shaved heads like you look like a Nazi <laughs> oh. can you do a mohawk is that allowed because I feel like uh, it's like no. buzzed in the, in the real military regulations in actual AR 670-1 which is the military uniform regulation classic yeah you can I think get away with like not like mohawk but like you know the like the, like strip. the soap call of duty kind of yeah the like real like yeah. Native American kind of yeah. like strip of but the at North Georgia, one. you can also have a mustache in the actual military, but you can't have that in North Georgia. We're a little more strict. Mm. Yeah. Or we. Fuck that place. Uh, <laughs> but I took a Crusades class mm. with a professor named Dr. Timothy May. Wonderful guy. Timmy. Timmy. <laughs> 
He uh, and he, after a while, after a couple of classes, I after I was there for four semesters. After three semesters, I had taken every single medieval history class at the University of North Georgia. So mm-hmm. there were four, and I took four of them. <laughs> um, and Dr. May and a couple other professors were kind of like, "Hey, you like this? You can write. Mm-hmm. You should go somewhere else." And I was like, "Because you know, UNG has a ninety-eight percent acceptance rate. Not mm-hmm. a great school." Mm-hmm. So they said, "Go somewhere else." Where are you from? I'm from Florida. They say transfer, try and transfer to the University of Florida. I had like a sub three GPA at the time because mm. all the military shit, and I didn't really focus on my classes. Mm. So I somehow got to UF. I have no idea how I did it. And then I came here, got out of ROTC when I was here, uh, and took history classes and got into history from here. So were you like you weren't a history major to be, or you were a history major mm-hmm. to begin with, but, but then you like really I, like fell in love with it, yeah. Okay, so why like why that period, and then also like what the fuck is going on with history? Like where, because like because I'm reading this book, um, mm-hmm. Empire of the Summer Moon, um, Joe Rogan classic, uh, but um, but like it's talking about how they were fighting the Comanches in like the 1800s, mm-hmm. trying to like take over Texas, and they right. call it like, Comancheria, and it and it's like. Oh, we didn't just own the whole place. Like I knew we westward expansion, but like for a long time it was like that was not ours. Like, yeah, I got to fight over it. Um, so I picked the medieval period because, so as loosely as you can define it, the Middle Ages is from the quote unquote fall of the Roman Empire, which mm-hmm. didn't really happen, as we all know. They went east. <laughs> they like in the fourth to fifth century they decentralized in mm-hmm. the west, like in Italy, and went east to become what we now know as the Byzantines mm-hmm. in the East. Uh, but the Byzantines never called themselves Byzantines. Mm-hmm. They called themselves Romans. Really? Yes. But they weren't Romans. They were Romans. But, like, what do you mean they went East? Like, they conquered more land, and then yeah. the people there became Romans? So but they're not, like, the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire uh, expanded out of Rome, mm-hmm. the city, and ended up encompassing, like, North Africa, most of uh, Western Europe, and into uh, Asia Minor, so yeah. where modern-day Turkey, Greece. The whole Mediterranean kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when the West kind of started to fall apart mm-hmm. because of the, you know, quote-unquote barbarian raids mm-hmm. that were happening with the Germanic tribes um, in, like, the 4th and 5th century, the Roman Empire in the West kind of fell apart a little bit, mm-hmm. and the power shifted to Constantinople mm-hmm. in the East, in modern-day Turkey. Um so they they became the Romans. The mm-hmm. Eastern Roman Empire stayed Roman. And we called them Byzantines because of the city Byzantium, mm-hmm. which is one of their capitals, I think. I really don't remember. Not my area of focus. Who cares? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's how that happened. Okay. So that mm-hmm. is like the earliest start, start date. So the Roman Empire lasts for a thousand years, mm-hmm. like 500 BC to 500 AD. I'm never going to say BCE or CE. That's insane. Never it's say the same that. shit. It's the same It's date. the same shit. To me, it's it's like, the exact same thing. It's just so secularly pedantic. It's yeah. insane. Um, so the fall of the Western Roman Empire, quote unquote, fall, um, when they went west. Now, if you really consider the Byzantines Romans, which you should, the Roman Empire lasts for another thousand years. Mm. Until in the World East, War II. Until like the Ottomans. 14, the 1400s. 14, the 1490s. Okay. When the Ottomans came in. And yes, the Ottomans though, but that happens in the 15th century. But they're not Romans, even yeah. though it's the same land. Yeah, they are Turks, Muslims. Okay. Yeah. 
the um, Bedouin tribes or some shit. shit. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, the beginning of the medieval period is when Rome in the West stops being what it used to be, and so a safe date around 500 AD, mm-hmm. and then it lasts in different parts of the world, different lengths, um, but the end date for most people is the discovery of the new world. So 1492, 1500. Mm-hmm. That's when the medieval period ends. So 1,000 years, 500 to 1500. Okay. Yeah. That's what most people consider the Middle Ages. I had one professor at North Georgia who said it ended in 1200. And like, that's not, that's stupid. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. Fuck that guy. He was smart. He's a really smart guy. Why? I don't think that, this sounds a lot better now. Yeah. <laughs> I need to be closer. I don't think that that's, uh, that's true. I, 1200s. Because like, what is it like? What does that mean? How is it different the Middle Ages versus or Medieval Age versus the Dark Age? Why is it that I thought it was like the Dark Age had to do with the plague, or they were just mm-hmm. like didn't no development happen? Yeah. Um, so the Dark Age, that term comes about. It's a it's a Victorian term. Actually, I think it's it's like an Enlightenment term. Mm-hmm. So 16th century um, to distinguish themselves from the past mm-hmm. and the whole term Renaissance. We can get into that. Jeez, cool guy. Yeah, um, we can get into why the Renaissance, as it happens in Italy in the 15th century, is stupid and stupid? shouldn't be called the Renaissance. Michelangelo, though. Michelangelo's don't know <laughs> that. Like, it's fine. It's a historical development, mm-hmm. but the ideas that we have about it, in comparison to the Middle Ages, are not true. The idea that we call it a Renaissance, mm-hmm. it's not true. There's actually two Renaissances that happen in the Middle Ages: the Carolingian Renaissance. And then the 12th century renaissance. And what is a renaissance? It's like a rebirth. So we kind of consider it like when ancient texts are rediscovered. And by rediscovered, I mean refetishized. So we mm-hmm. always have ancient texts. Mm-hmm. They don't go away. Um, monks during the um, Carolingian Empire, so Charlemagne's Empire, 8th mm-hmm. century, um, are translating ancient Roman and Greek texts mm-hmm. into Latin and even Hebrew, some people in Greek, in different parts of the world, um, you know, if they needed translation, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh, and they're translating Arabic texts into their languages. Like, this stuff is happening throughout the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. It's not like something that... When Rome, you know, kind of leaves... I know they can't see me do air quotes. I'm mm-hmm. doing it a lot. Uh, <laughs> when Rome kind of leaves, um, they, they don't take away the knowledge that they have. Mm-hmm. People... History is a, a continuation kind of thing. It's not like forgotten, like a book yeah. in a locker, and right. then people are like, oh, yeah, let's they go read this. Right. They don't forget about antiquity. Mm-hmm. So anything before the Middle Ages we consider antiquity. Um, they don't forget about it. Mm-hmm. They they have the same knowledge. They're still human beings. Mm-hmm. They're as stupid and as smart as we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, you know, when Rome leaves, you kind of have to place emphasis on different things. So mm-hmm. culture starts to change a little bit. Mm-hmm. So there's a cultural difference between Rome, the late Roman Empire. Is there and the like Ages. a a like because the power structure, like the government, so like unstable? Is there mm-hmm. just more of a focus on like making sure I have food and stuff like that versus like oh we can afford to go study kind stuff? of. Um, so for most of human history, the majority of people are going to be pretty well fed, mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to live comfortable lives. Most people throughout most of history. Of course, famines happen more often in the past, but... Mm-hmm. So when Rome leaves, it's less of a government, gov- governing body leaving, and it's more of a, at least in England, where mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's less of, oh, now the world's falling apart, everything's everything that we know and love is ending. Mm-hmm. 
and it's more of power is changing to these local warlords instead of this guy who's really far away. Mm-hmm. And now we don't, we can't afford to have like Roman bath technicians to come fix our fancy baths. Mm. So no, yeah. So they took baths. They did. <laughs> they did take baths, even in the Middle Ages. They have we have bathhouses. Because like you're saying, it, people had comfortable lives and they had food. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I thought it was just shit Mm-mm. until like 1950. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man, where to start? Yeah, there's a, so many like there's so things much to talk about. So uh, going back a little bit and. I think I meant to get into this, but I forgot. The reason why I kind of picked the medieval period Mm -hmm. is because there's so much misconception about it. It Mm. is the most misunderstood aspect of history, I think, ever. Like, and it's a thousand years. It's most, it's it's like half of the time since Christ Mm -hmm. has been these quote-unquote Middle Ages. Um, And for those thousand years, people are like, oh, they were stupid. They were nasty and they didn't read yeah, it's just monty python yeah it's that's, monty python years, which would be a ton of fun um but that's unfortunately not how it was no uh so it's it's so misconceived people have so many i don't want to say wrong but skewed interpretations of it mm-hmm. um towards the negative and i would say the renaissance that happens in the 16th century is the most m- misunderstood in a positive way mm. And the or the Enlightenment age, because like people are like they realized they're idiots, yeah. and then it's yeah. like, oh, we'll, we'll be smart now. Math. Oh, <laughs> are my S's too whistly? Nah. Okay, I, okay. just making sure. A velvet voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, Miss, you have any other questions about the Middle Ages before I just talk for two you hours? Just yeah, just talk for two hours. That's the whole thing. If I can talk less, then that's good because I okay. will just go off about okay. like people jizzing on turtles. Has that happened before? Yes, that has. Okay. Yeah, I think about that. Mm-hmm. I thought about that last night. <laughs> ask me. <laughs> ask me. You know what? What? What's the misconception you have about the Middle Ages? Uh, I don't fucking. Know. I don't like. I don't know what they did. Like, mm-hmm. it, like, like I said, it's like. So they did. They have technology. Like, how did technology develop? What was math? When did Newton come in? Like, was it all run by the? All the intelligent stuff was run by the church. Did people like have showers? Was everybody just having you know like boils and they just fucking you know had bodies on wheelbarrows going through the yeah. street like Molly Malone? I don't know what the yeah. fuck is like. So, uh, we'll start with the plague. So the plague is something that really lasts in its heyday for a few years in the in, in like the early to middle 14th century. So like the 1340s. I, I thought didn't it get Marcus Aurelius was gotten by the plague? No. Um, he might have been gotten by a plague. We had, I mean, we had a plague a couple yeah, years ago. I don't know right? which one is. So the plague I mean, everyone thinks of when they think of the medieval period is the bubonic plague, yeah. the Black Death. That one. It does kill a lot of people. It is really horrible. Is it like a third of Europeans were killed? Yeah, that's you know, at least the statistic that's been that's challenged. a cool number. That's the cool know? number. Um, but in the 13th century, or sorry, the 14th century, so the 1300s, mm-hmm. 1340s, I believe, um, that's when that kind of goes off. A lot of people die doesn't last that long mm-hmm. so it's not the whole medieval period mm. there's in, in fact you know several hundred years of middle age <laughs> they weren't just dying then. all the time right. for a thousand years yeah and then and people you know people died back then yeah but the same way people died during the roman period yeah there was medicine in the middle ages like they herbs. <clears throat> they had medicine they knew what worked and what didn't work. They weren't just gonna do stuff for a thousand years if it kept killing people. I thought they were like leeching people and giving them mercury. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Divining humors but, yeah. and shit. So the humors, you know, we know they're wrong. Um, but they didn't have a germ theory, but they knew, you know, if you 
put shit inside of this guy's open wound, it's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. So let's not do that. Mm-hmm. We know they knew if you drink water from here that's got poo poo in it, mm-hmm. you're going to get sick, and you're going to make more poo poo. So drink beer. That's so the- <laughs> well, they did have um, beer is actually more of a Renaissance thing. They did have yeah, yes, yeah. They did have ale in the Middle Ages, and they had wine, and they had beer. But okay. it wasn't as popular. It was like um, big mead. Yeah. mead time. They, there was that was more of a north, uh, northeastern European. Because when like Scandinavia. the whole like you know what is it was drunk all the England was shit faced all yeah. the time. So they say ale, right? Uh-huh. Um, is ale not beer? Ale is beer, or ale is I believe beer is ale with hops added to it. I think that's the difference. Okay. Um, could be wrong. This is information I learned like two weeks ago. Hey, so, nobody um, will call you on it ever. <laughs> Don't worry. You can say anything, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's pretty that's cool." True. <laughs> um, <laughs> you just gotta get so, away. It's so cool. Jesus was actually a black man. Everybody knows that. Uh oh. You know, we can get into the theology about depicting Jesus as black and why that's actually okay. Um, in very, my opinion. Yeah, because we got Christian. a whole like two like a case of worms to mm-hmm. get into oh, with the yeah, history we'll and there. then we're not even touching the eastern yeah. orthodox stuff right so my like i said my not expertise but area of focus is england mm-hmm. so in england there wasn't wine country wine basically in england if you're going to have it during communion mm-hmm. uh, after mass or during mass um so most of england if you're going to drink alcohol you're going to be drinking ale mm-hmm. um but for most people you prefer water you you have no. access to clean water. In the no. Middle Ages. And they knew that if you boiled water, it made it safe to drink. No, I thought they didn't know that at they all. I thought that. they're just like, God, drink this alcohol. Nope. nope. They knew that. And, um, they, like, yeah, I thought they were just all idiots. Yeah. I don't know. Because <laughs> like, I have this theory of, like, okay, if, if I go back in time, I have to be, like, have to know something no, you so they don't kill me. Yeah, no, you, you couldn't harvest wheat, so you'd kind of be useless. I was just going to be like, okay, let me boil your alcohol no, and make it stronger. They could boil water. No, but like distilling, because like they, that they didn't had, come around for a while. They did right? have no. They had distilled beverages. You just didn't drink them to get drunk. They were like medic. They were. It was medicinal. Oh, just had strong shit. It's yeah. just like makes you feel better. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They had they had distilled drinks, Fuck. but um, they called them like they called them like heavy waters. I think. Oh, Something dude! Like I'm gonna get raped and murdered so hard if I go back in <laughs> time. Back in time. <laughs> and bad news. How tall are you? Just for all your viewers. Uh, uh, five nine. Okay, you'd still be Six like foot. average height to short, like me. I'm fine. No, yeah, people, no, they told me that. I'm, people weren't just shorter back then. I thought they were all starving and short. Mm-mm. Fuck. Sadly not. No, I've been lied to Correct. all my life. Okay. Yeah, this is what happens when in the high school, in high school, in our AP Euro classes, we spend one week on the Middle Ages. This is what happens. <laughs> Is lies because they're just like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah people were shorter it's swords and shit and yeah they did have some. that's that's a cool part but so and even the ales that they did drink going back a little bit um would have been like one to two percent okay alcohol so you gotta really slam that shit yeah and the reason why ale was drank so much in the middle ages is because it's calories mm. think you know when you're out working in the field all day you come in lunch is going to be your big meal because you have to prepare you have to prepare your big meal during the daytime mm-hmm. when you can see so it's not going to be dinner um, but they have candles. They do have candles, but it's not as good as sunlight. Okay. Not as much. And I'm glad you say candles and not torches, because most people aren't, aren't going to have giant torches in their house. No, that's not just like light. everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's not Skyrim, unfortunately, as much as I would like it to be. Yeah. Um, all Skyrim. But, uh, <laughs> talk about Skyrim. Uh, no. Is that but, a big thing with history majors? It's just like, oh, fuck Skyrim. Skyrim. So Skyrim, if you play Skyrim, basically you either become a neo-pagan or you make mead. And thank or what the fuck does that mean? I don't. So okay, that, I know what making meat is. Yeah, or a neo pagan. What's a so neo pagan? Like worship Wod- like Woden or or Odin 
or Thor. Okay. You get into like Norse or like Central European paganism. Thankfully, Mead caught me uh, when I moved into this last house. Thank God. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the ales you're going to drink are going to be low percentage. You drink ale, you get more calories than drinking water. Basically, the only time people aren't going to have access to clean water hmm. is if you're living in a city like London. Mm-hmm. You still have access to clean water, but there are going to be tributaries and waterways that people know don't drink from that we dump our shit in there mm-hmm. so don't don't drink that water they're okay. going to be drinking it and actually the streets were very clean in london i thought they had shit in the buckets and poured it out their windows so that's more of a uh, of a lie i suppose <laughs> that's just a, not so even there like. is a there was a law in medieval london um that stated that you had to keep the piece of road in front of your house clean mm. and if you didn't they would find the life out of you so we know some people didn't because the law had to exist so Mm -hmm. the law has to come from somewhere you know clean the street in front of your house Mm -hmm. um, or in front of your piece of property or your shop or whatever Uh, and if you don't we're going to find you Mm -hmm. hard and they did so you put the shit in the back toss it it down the river that no one drinks out of yeah takes it away goodbye magic yeah (laughs) bye bye (laughs) look at that my problem anymore just don't drink out of there and we still do that today I mean yeah yeah fishy poop great Dump it in the Thames. Can't argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> but so was it like, because I know they didn't have like air conditioning and shit, mm-hmm. but like I remember I went to George Washington's house, which is in medieval, but it was That's like, correct. this is like a house, you mm-hmm. know, this is it. They had houses, yeah. <laughs> so like how, like, I assume they didn't have showers and shit, but no, they, it was they had like, houses. but like they like, I don't know. Bathe in the river? Like, was technology, like, there was there a big leap in technology all of a sudden, or was it kind of, like, constant? Because I just think, like, wooden wheels and yeah. spears. So the way the way life is and has always been is, you know, um, things progress. When, when Rome leaves, there is technology that we lose. Mm-hmm. We lose, and we actually only rediscovered recently how to make Roman roads, like mm-hmm. Roman concrete that self-repairs itself. We figured it out this year, how to make that again. Which is crazy. That's yeah. I didn't know they had roads that heal themselves. Yeah, That's it's f- weird. It's the way I don't I don't know how it works, but it's the way the concrete like collapses in on itself mm. to like fill in potholes and stuff. Um, which you know America could certainly use, but we're not going to waste money on oh. something that makes sense. I don't think infrastructure. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but there is advancements in technology, mm. in science, in astronomy. Mm-hmm. Most things are religiously motivated in the Middle Ages. Was Galileo during that time? Yeah. Okay. You could consider Galileo medieval. 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 You could consider him medieval. He's on, like, the border. Yeah. He's towards the end. But Galileo is also um, not as bright of a figure, I believe, as a lot of people believe he was. Mm. He kind of didn't have evidence to support what he said. And he, like, called the Pope, who is his biggest funder. The Pope gave him money. He's like, if you can prove this heliocentric model, I'm giving you the money to do it. Mm. Go do it. Go prove it. And if, it, if you have enough evidence, then um, that will be what we accept. And so he basically, something that like Renaissance and late medieval people did a lot, because the Romans did it and they thought it was really smart and, and slick, um, was they, they framed their arguments in like dialectics. Mm-hmm. So you make like an on-paper argument between your supporter and this other guy's supporter. Mm-hmm. And then you basically have them argue, and you have your guy win. It's kinda, okay. It's kind of how it is. So when um, Galileo presented this argument to the papal court, he had the guy on his side who had a name like Joe or Steve, mm-hmm. something normal. And then the guy who was the papal supporter, who he made sure to state in the dialectics, was a papal supporter, supportive of the Pope's viewpoint, 
was named Simplicio, which means simpleton in Italian. <laughs> and so he's basically like, here's my, here's my opinion. Uh, and if you don't agree with me, you're a simpleton. You're yeah. stupid. And then ask the Pope, idiot boy. Yeah, ask, go ask the stupid guy. <laughs> well, you if you believe the idiot boy? Yeah, if, you, if you believe the Pope, go ask. And I'm, you know, I'm no papal sympathizer. Mm. Um, and, but, you know, if you have the stupid opinion, like the Pope kind of thing, <laughs> that's, how he, that's how this argument was framed. And then the Pope, you know, wanted to give him another chance. But all of his advisors were like, his argument wasn't good enough to beat the current evidence we have, which it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, we know now it's true, but just because it's true now and we know that it was true doesn't mean that you can convince somebody with like, like if I went back a thousand years and said, you know, hey, there's germs in the water yeah. that you can't see and that make you poop yourself, um, they would go, prove it. Yeah. And I would go, no. Yeah. And they'd go, okay, then it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean that yeah, I was right. Crazy. Yeah, that doesn't mean that I, I was correct. But that doesn't mean that I made a good argument. You're like, the world's made of a bunch of tiny little balls that are positive and negative yeah, and they stick and together. Like, like, okay, idiot. Yeah, no, it's like, like, prove it, stupid. Yeah. It's like, and I'm like, no. And I cross my arms and sit back. And I was like, if you disagree with me, you're, you're simply chill. <laughs> you're simple. That's basically what happened. And so the Pope, uh, under the encouragement of his advisors, put Galileo under house arrest. He didn't, like, have him executed. Jeez. It was a Civic. Oh, no, it's that, that stupid dang. Mustang out there. Um, I thought he, Galileo was like, Pope, you're a fucking idiot. Like, go fuck yourself. Kind of. Yeah, but up until then, him and the Pope were really close, and the Pope was his big, his biggest funder and his biggest supporter until he called the Pope stupid to his face <laughs> in front of all his friends and was like, and then didn't give a good enough argument. Top the Pope was don't like, do that. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't do that to the most powerful man in Western Europe. Don't call him stupid to his face, especially after the papacies merged, merged again. Mm. Mm. Oh, the anti-pope or some shit going yeah, on? Kind of. So, now we're gonna, I'm going to transfer real quick. I'm going to try and talk about it as fast as possible. How? Uh, okay, we're actually not been talking as long as I thought I had. No, we got plenty of time. Um, I'm going to transfer into um, my... I wouldn't, it's not my theory. I didn't learn it. I didn't come up with it. Um, Just but what I think is... The why cr- not lie? No, because <laughs> the person who I think I believe did is a very... He's a very close. He's my, he's my godfather. Wow. He's very important to me. A professor... Here. Boom. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's his idea either, but I'm the, he's the first person I heard it from. Um, so, and I, and I think this is objectively the truth. Not a bit, you know, objective truth, whatever. Wrong thought, stupid. But I think this is the most true idea of the Renaissance I've you, ever heard. These people listen to anything. You don't yeah. have to qualify. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you guys, listeners. Please, please stay with the, me. You people. <laughs> They'll eat it up like slop. They don't know what I'm I'm saying, but like, yeah, you don't get to like. No, I got you. I appreciate your correctness, but like, yeah. Well, um, speed it's it a good, It's a good habit to have, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I will. Uh, so, uh, so for about a hundred years, there's two popes. Mm. A lot of people have heard of the three popes and the anti-pope and that kind of stuff. Um, and there is three popes for a while. Mm-hmm. There's the the pope in Rome. Mm. There's the pope in the Holy Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. And then there's the pope in Avignon in France. Now, the Holy Roman Empire pope is not as long-lasting or as controversial as the papacy in Avignon. So the French, and that's in France. Mm-hmm. So the French king, and it's, it's really not helpful to think of the Middle Ages in terms of like countries. Mm-hmm. You can kind of get away with thinking of England as a country because they're kind of an island mm-hmm. that's you know to themselves, and they're a little more homo- homogeneous, mm-hmm. homogenous as far as culture goes. Mm-hmm. But France, modern-day France, which includes Burgundy and Flanders and southern France and all mm-hmm. these things um, is not how it was. There were the Flemish, there were the Burgundians, there were the French principalities, which is kind of what we would consider France. Um, 
but it, when I say France, I'm not talking about everybody. Yeah. A lot of little like kind of city states yeah, or like exactly. Um, so the French king of the of the French principalities um, had the closest relationship with the Pope through all the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. France is the like cultural powerhouse of the Middle Ages. That's where Gothic architecture. I mean, you brand you have half of this is Gothic architecture, mm-hmm. like the pointed arches and like the fancy carved pillars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That is straight out of the Middle Ages. Like you can basically tell if something's Norman, so like older Middle Ages or Roman versus Gothic is if the arches are pointed, come mm-hmm. to a definite point. That's medieval. That's Gothic, or if they're rounded, that's Roman. Mm-hmm. And there is an architectural, an engineering advancement that happens during the Middle Ages. Because when it comes to a point, it, it can it can bear more weight. That's why hmm. medieval people can build these giant cathedrals, but Romans can't. Uh. They couldn't. They couldn't build stuff that big. Is that what when the flying buttresses came in? Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's very Gothic. Which um, the Goths, the Visigoths, come from France. So it's kind of like the. The, the the medieval buzzword for French one of them yeah. is Gothic because um, I hear Gothic and I have no idea where the fuck that comes. I'm just like somewhere France. in there, like. Mm-hmm. So Joan of Arc is like a goth girl. You Ooh. can consider her that, even though I don't think she should be a saint at all. I think that's insane. Is she a saint? I yeah, know she in the was... Catholic Church, she's a she's a canonized Catholic saint, which is because she's a girl boss. <laughs> yeah, because she killed a whole lot of people. That's a good reason to become a saint. Hey, no, she actually probably didn't kill a lot of people, but um, that's. We'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> it gets into more of the theological stuff. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah, Gothic. So France dominates medieval culture. Mm-hmm. They are the trendsetters for armor, engineering, culture, music. All this stuff comes out of France. They were the best. They were the best. Well, really? I, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. Not a, I mean, not like, a compared to who? I don't know. If it's, um, you know, so the yeah. Romans aren't the best anymore yeah. kind of thing. So, the, yeah, they're kind of they're the cultural powerhouse. Mm-hmm. The way today we kind of consider the United States the cultural powerhouse of the world. Number one, baby. Yeah. Sure. Trends start here. <laughs> um, and trends start in France mm-hmm. in the Middle Ages. And they, because of that cultural power, have the closest relationship with the Pope because there's not like a king of Italy at mm-hmm. the time. So they're really close to the Pope. And they say, hey, why are you all the way down there on that little peninsula? Um, why don't you move here? And this happens, I believe this starts in the 13th or 14th century, so mm-hmm. the 1200s or 1300s. And they say, why don't you move here? We'll pay you a lot of money, and you can move to Avignon. Hmm. At one point, there's a Pope that's kidnapped. I can't remember. Ask me this a year ago, and I would have been able to give you the whole story. At one point, they kidnapped the Pope and moved him to Avignon. A whole bunch of stuff happens. Eventually, the papacy moves from Rome to Avignon in France. Like, officially? Officially, yeah. Dang, okay. And then, these people living in Italy are like, hey, what happened to our, the Pope? Where's he gone? <laughs> and so, they, another Pope steps in. Mm. Of course, they know about each other. But another Pope steps in, and now there's two Popes. Mm. So, for, like, a hundred years in the Middle Ages, towards the later Middle Ages, there is, excuse me, two Popes, one in Rome, one in Avignon. France continues to dominate the culture of the Middle Ages. And in the 15th century, so in the 1400s, the papacy in Avignon, as well as the one that has now opened to the Holy Roman Empire, because the Holy Roman Emperor is like, I want to be buddies with the, with the Pope, <laughs> yeah. too. And the one in France is like, I don't want to be your friend. And the one in Italy is like, I don't want to be your friend. He's like, all right, I'll get my own Pope. <laughs> Make my own. So they have their own Pope. Um, the, the, they sort out that controversy, the papal controversy, uh, and the one in Avignon gets abolished. And the one in the Holy Roman Empire gets abolished. So Germany, think modern day Germany, Czech Republic. That okay, kind of I was thinking Turkey. No, okay, because that's 
Yeah, because Roman, right? Mm. That's that's exactly what they want to trick you to think. That's ah, why they call they, themselves that. They got me. Because they wanted to trick you, yeah. That's what Charlemagne was trying to do. Trying to trick you into thinking that I thought he, he was, was French. Roman. Yeah, he is. Oh. The, the empire shrink and move. And, They're all kind of in that. Yeah, they okay. undulate and go more east or whatever as, as they lose power. Um, but, you know, he, he wanted his pope, too. Mm. With blackjack and hookers and whatever, he wanted to be in Vatican. Is that when all the weird like debaucherous popes came out, or like when was that? Uh, that that's like, all of papist papists. They're history. always they're like, always yeah. like that. Well, there are a few that are that are quite wonderful, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of those. Like the ones that call for crusades are typically pretty yeah. debaucherous and diabolical. <laughs> um, so the papacy in Avignon gets abolished, and it gets moved back to Rome. Mm. Uh, and at that point, it's like the 1500s. And they're like, you know what? I am tired of France. I am tired of the Avignon crap. I'm tired of all these all these popes running around. Mm. Um, enough with the French culture. Now we're going to push Italian culture because that's where the pope is now. Mm. Um, he's back in Italy. We want the world to know. So that's when they say, oh, what is Italian? What comes from Italy? Rome. So they move back. Like, let's, let's make things look Roman again. Mm. And they knew what it looked like. Because they lived there. It's not like they forgot where Rome was for mm-hmm. a thousand years. <laughs> they knew. They were as obsessed with Rome as modern day, you know, fat Americans are. Yeah. Oh, the Roman Empire, neoclassical <laughs> architecture in the capital. <laughs> They're as obsessed with it as we are. Columns. Yeah. Columns. <laughs> fucking sweet. So sick. <laughs> can I say naughty words? Is that okay? You can say fucking fuck, whatever. All right, cool. <laughs> um, so they, they really start pushing Roman, Italian. Hmm. Like architecture, the the sloped, non-pointed domes come back. The worst ones. Yeah, the worst ones. Who are they? Who are they to know what's better? No, who are they to be like? Yeah, right. Who is they pushing it? Is who is it they? The um, globalists, the, the Illuminati, yeah, homo. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it is um, the the Italian princes, the princes of Italy. Oh. So you know the um, what's the, the Medici family? Sure. You played Assassin's Creed too. Mm. No. Dante's Inferno. Yeah, like like the city states that Dante belonged to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was Venetian. I don't remember. I don't know. But all the princes were no, like, I think he was from Florence. Our I don't shit's know. better. Yeah. Stop buying French shit. Yeah. So they were like, our shit's better. Our history's better. Our history's cooler. Let's let's go. Let's yeah. go Italy. So when we have this idea that the Renaissance is a move away from religion, mm-hmm. it's not. It is an ext- It comes from religion. It comes from the papacy. It comes from let's. Look, we have the, we have the Pope back. The Pope is ours. The heart of our religion is here in Italy. So that's the Renaissance. That's the Renaissance. That's where uh. the Renaissance starts. Then we get into the Enlightenment, which is like the 16th century, 17th century. Mm-hmm. Protestant Reformation. People think they're really smart. It's the Enlightenment age, which is such a stupid name for it because <laughs> it makes like everyone else isn't enlightened. It's the only historical period where I have heard someone i've read accounts of people in the period referring to themselves by that name they yeah. say like these enlightened ages and i'm like that is so ridiculously pretentious yeah i feel like it's like we we write stuff down yeah. now yeah you know we're we're i mean they we're wrote stuff down out. then i don't know like a like, lot of stuff i think a lot of people nowadays are like yeah we have like phones now we don't need that religion mm-hmm. bullshit kind yeah. of thing like this is yeah. second enlightenment period i mean for all of history, even now, religion is the, the cultural motivator. Mm. That's what makes culture is religion. That's what has made science is religion. And not out of a, not, you know, and I'm sure in some cases, but for the most part, not out of like a, I want to control the world. I want to dominate the culture with mm. my religion. It's no, that's, people are genuinely pious. Mm. They want to know more about God's world. Mm-hmm. 
like today we want to know more about the world you yeah i want to know what the it. fuck's going on they come from the same motivation what is this yeah like same motivation that's, okay. that's how people always operated we actually discovered you might think this is interesting now uh literacy was a lot higher in the middle ages than we thought it was probably at least probably at least one person per house was literate in the vernacular so we okay. hear like oh literacy was so low in the middle ages literacy back then was only measured in if you could read and write latin Mm. So I don't read or write Latin. You don't either, I assume. Not much. You might dabble. I took it in high school and there I only got a B one semester. Yeah. There you go. I so, hate Latin. Yeah. So they tend to. So you you and I wouldn't be considered literate in the Middle Ages. <laughs> according to those standards, right? Uh, yeah. But as we have learned more, we have figured out that in the native language, most households had at least one person who could read and write. Okay. Which, and, you know, literacy rates are actually going down in America now. It's like 20% of people in the U.S. Yeah. can't read. I'm like, how? So we, so we might want to get off our high horse about literacy soon oh. if we want to keep this whole America number one thing going on. We're pretty smart. We are pretty smart. I can read. Everything's simple. You don't even need to read anymore. Right. Emojis. Yeah. yeah. We just Siri, have Siri read it for you. How do you text people? How can you? you everybody text. text. Right? Fuck. It's got to be. Yeah, I guess. There you go. That's pretty good. It's got to be. Um, yeah. So, you know, people aren't, people aren't dumb. When I, I work at a, a historic homestead here in town, giving mm-hmm. tours, it's like an old plantation house. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing I try and get across is throughout all of history, whether it's 100 years ago, like at the house, or 1,000 years ago, like in the Middle Ages, people are stupid, like they are now, mm-hmm. and people are smart, like they are now. People are people. You know? So then why didn't they have robots? Um, because there were certain technologies that hadn't advanced. And they did. They didn't discover silicone or whatever. But we the made Romans it like have robots. super quick. You know, it was like it's like there exponential. Was an, yeah, there's an explosion. I thought that's the alignment. How, that's when they started no, doing math. No, they did Isaac math. Newton. We they didn't have robots back then either. <laughs> <laughs> da Vinci unfortunately did not invent robots. Um, Can't prove that. No, I probably. Really. <laughs> um, they didn't have robots back. They still run around with swords and their their puff and slash puffy clothing. Um, yeah. Do you know where collars come like? collars yeah i don't where do like you think, shirt collars yeah where do you think fashion's going like the modern day suit if you went back with a modern suit do you think people would be like this fucking idiot yeah. doesn't well, have a collar or well, puffy thing so pants the way we think of them mm. are something that comes out of germany and they're like right around the end of the roman empire is when people start wearing pants like on so the just pants. germans out. are running around wearing pants yeah they're togas oh, germans oh. are running around <laughs> wearing pants for most of history but it doesn't catch on in Rome and then spread that culturally through through their, that mm. you know cultural exchange in Rome until like the end of the Roman Empire. So when it was like pants start to catch on, like a toga dress kind of yeah. thing. Do they have underwear? I don't know. Uh-huh. Probably. <laughs> I hope so. You didn't take the underwear class? No, I didn't take the underwear <laughs> class. I wore a toga once to a party and I didn't wear underwear. <laughs> oh shit, that's risky. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, pants catch on. And then in the Middle Ages, they develop into single leg pants. So it's single legs that you tie to your underwear. Hosen, as is what they're called. Oh, separate. Yeah, two separate legs okay. that you tie to your underwear. Um, your braids. Like chaps, almost? Yeah, like chaps. Exactly, like chaps. Like assless chaps. That's kind of um, weird. It is really weird. But that's, that's how they did it. That's, okay. how, that's what pants were. So fashion. And then they go back to jointed hosen. So pants, the way we think of them, in like the 15th, 16th century. So towards the end of the Middle Ages pants the way we think of them start to come back too many dicks slipping out i suppose like we gotta put these back together (laughs) (laughs) i mean but it makes practical sense if you look at 
drawings in the Middle Ages, if it gets if you're working out in the fields, it gets really hot. You still wear underwear. You just mm-hmm. untie your legs and you roll your legs down, and now you're wearing shorts. Mm. And then it gets cold at night. You pull you pull you pull your yeah. you roll your legs back up. Or like in Agincourt, this battle that happens in the in, the, in 1415, there's account of these English longbowmen who have dysentery, mm. um, absolutely shitting their brains out. And so they're wearing like their shirts come down almost to like like mid thigh. So mm. so your underwear doesn't show when you wear when okay. you wear like clothes. Your underwear is not showing because okay. your shirt covers it. But if you have dysentery, you don't wear your underwear that day. You roll down your hosen and you just shit out of the bottom because it's like either I shit or I die. <laughs> it's like either I shit or this French guy cuts my throat open. So you just like shit all over yourself, just like in, walking in, in and the shitting. context in the context of this battle. Yes, normally no. I wouldn't fight those guys. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't get near I mean, those dudes. You guys, we could wait. I mean, that's it. Still happens in modern combat. You know, you're you're in a trench. In, in the Ukraine, you're yeah. not gonna get out to go take a shit. Like whoa, 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 guys! Yeah, you're gonna shit yourself. I got a duty. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like stop oh. with the drone bombs. Like, oh right, right. <laughs> yeah, stop with the civilian drones dropping bombs yeah. on my head with a camera that gets uploaded lightly. Fucking <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do it right here. Like <laughs> I'm gonna piss myself right now. That was outside of the context of what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's gonna be a clip. Yeah, when I start doing clips, I'm gonna piss myself right now. Hard, hard. <laughs> gonna damage UF carpet all over my shirt and only shirt because I'm not wearing underwear for some reason. That's so odd. Uh, it's interesting to think how clothes are. They just roll their legs down. It's the I mean, the belt, like the zipper pants. You yeah, know? yeah. The belt uh, pockets on oh, don't get invented until modernity. So pockets don't get invented until, until I think like the 16th or 17th century. So post medieval. So they just had little baggies. Yeah, they had bags like fanny packs mm-hmm. or purses. Yep, exactly. Tied on your belt, and your belt doesn't go on your pants. Your belt goes on your shirt to keep it all tight around the waist. Uh huh. Yeah. So is that why the pilgrims had like big belts everywhere? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Here, I know. Here, let me show you. So you can contextualize this. I have a picture of me wearing all my stuff, and so you can we can describe you it. You had together. you had single hose. I've got it all. You saw the big crate that had my sword in it? Yeah. Yeah. This is all this. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So you see the, the shirt comes down. That's a, Okay. That's like a thick-ass shirt, too. Yeah. The, the shirt's made in India. It's really bad quality. Okay. So the shirt's the worst part. But you see my little purse. Made that. Nice. You see my belt around my waist. Here's my knife that looks like balls. It's called a bollocks dagger. It's a real thing. Because back in the Middle Ages, balls were still funny. They were still people. I, I heard somewhere that it, like they had this ancient cave inscription that mm-hmm. they found. They're like, what does it mean? What does it mean? And they finally like translated it. It was like, Olaf was here or some yeah. shit like that. Like, <laughs> Lol. Just, oh, yeah, like there's dicks drawn everywhere. In Novgorod, this medieval city um, in Northern Europe, they have... So what they would do in that city is they would like carve on birch bark, like little messages for each other. Mm-hmm. And then when you get your message, you just throw it out on the street because it's birch bark. It'll... And then you know there's mm-hmm. there's layers of these birch barks that yeah. stack up beneath the the um, the street, and we found one where it's a little boy drawing himself as a knight, like in class, and like drawing himself like killing his teacher, <laughs> <laughs> doing stuff like that. In Pompeii, so Roman, um, like the first century, we have ancient Latin inscriptions of people being like, you know whatever Pupicus was here and he got so dr- he got so drunk he accosted the barmaid and pissed himself and passed out like lol and his balls were hanging out <laughs> that's exactly it. and then in the middle ages like that like that dagger it's a dagger that looks like like the cross guard looks like balls so like and it's funny like there are like when a lot of hilarious. Knights, yeah a lot of knights when they got buried 
so the like it starts off low status because probably some dude in a bar with his normal dagger being like, yeah, you know, it'd be funny. Balls. <laughs> and he carves balls. He carves balls into his knife. Everyone thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> right? It explodes throughout Europe. And then it gets so popular that knights start wearing these things. Knights, like the cultural trendsetters, start wearing these things. There is an effigy I found of a knight. And he has his dagger on his effigy. Like, on this stove carving of him, he has his bollock dagger, which you normally wear to the side, in between his legs. Like, it's in the middle of his belt. Like, it's his cock hanging down with his balls. It's so funny. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's genius. It's so funny. It's not a... Yeah. And then you see, like, the pictures of guys in World War II that are, like, holding the bazooka over their cock. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's just so funny. <laughs> His balls are funny. This like uh, the Rick and Morty episode where it, like it's like Groupie Pooples or whatever his name is. He's, he's like they always talk about their penises. I've never seen a penis joke fail. Hey, look at me, I'm Mister So and So Penis. Look at my penis. It's the exact same thing. It's medieval Rick and Morty. It's just penises. This just doesn't get any mm-hmm. like no, peak it never gets comedy. Old. Peak a comedy is you'll balls. never bet. <laughs> Is like, look at these balls. So you could go to like meet the queen or the king, and you just you have a dick balls. dagger, and he's like, "That's pretty funny." And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> "Nice Give balls. this guy a raise. Yeah. <laughs> it's night. This guy, his balls are cool." That's. I'm gonna start making a lot more Dude, dick stuff now. It's I'm, funny, man. I'm gonna just like hide because it's ageless. It's timeless. Yeah, it's like they it's like a good animation. It's they, like it'll never age. The little dicks on Ariel that they draw yeah. and shit like that. <laughs> Balls are funny. Oh my! <laughs> that's see, that's that's the best way to humanize people in the Middle Ages. Like they thought balls were funny, just like you. The British guy, you know, be funny. <laughs> balls. Oh my god! This is definitely where it started. Uh, wow, that's refreshing. That's, yeah, balls are great. That's it's, but no vagina. You know, people don't go drawing vaginas mm-hmm. on stuff. No, because vaginas are scary and gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless your brain unless the vasopressin in your brain turns yeah. that off like objectively mm. whoa you're like what well, yeah it's not like balls like everyone no matter like how not horny you are like yeah. it's balls <laughs> it's balls <laughs> that's there's not supposed to be balls it's a knife <laughs> imagine getting stabbed and you're like balls there's balls on this that's pretty good <laughs> if I live I'm making one of these I'm like yeah bro <laughs> fair enough you know what I'd stab me with yeah, this dude <laughs> I'd stab a dude with balls <laughs> Okay. Uh, they're really funny, man. So anyway, what were you talking about before we talked about balls? balls. <laughs> People are the same. People are stupid and smart and yes, funny. So why, like, why is it now I have a microphone and a cell phone, but back then, it, does it just take time? It takes time. Do These things believe, take time. Do you believe in the whole, like, um, Earth is like 6,000 years old, no. 12,000 years old no. thing? No. Do you believe in, like, what is it, the impact area, the younger Dryas impact? Like the, I believe in evolution. But, like, the me, but, like... How is it we've gotten so much technology mm-hmm. so quickly? Like, what is it like in Jesus's time? Like before the balls knives, did they not have like mm-hmm. knives? Well, okay. What did they so have? We'll put it in the context of a lot of times these ideas just don't exist. Mm-hmm. So uh, who knows? If someone had the idea for like wireless community, steam steam commotion, steam locomotion, mm-hmm. that's an understandable idea. If that idea came about in the Middle Ages, would it have exploded? the way it did mm. uh, like it did in like the 19th century I think yeah I think it, it probably could have mm. the way, so the way I think about it is plate armor so plate armor doesn't really become a thing knights in shining armor until like 1320 
mm. they, or the 1300s, maybe 1290. You can make a case. Like we have, we have Richard the Lionheart, I believe, in 1290, um, wearing like a, a a helmet, not with a visor. <clears throat> it's like a flat top normal helmet, but it has like a, a face plate. Mm-hmm. It's really it's kind of primitive looking. And then from then, so you can see like the kings can start affording this stuff. Then by then, like thirteen twenty, knights start putting like gutters of steel over their arms, mm-hmm. so just on like the outside. And then by a <clears throat> hundred years go by, by four, by like thirteen eighty, so not even hundred years, you get like full plate armor. Mm-hmm. The, not the way we think of it. It looks different. It's not like the the stereotypical knight the way you think of him. I'm still thinking about the balls. I gotta be honest. It's, we'll it's talk, like we'll I'm trying balls. to hold it down. <laughs> I'm trying to like be like. I remember we that. Can balls. Come back, okay. can come back to the balls. Sorry, just that. in case I'm smiling. Clip the balls. And you're like, why is he laughing at night? Like balls. I'm just like balls. Okay. Okay. Well, the knights like the balls. So. But so anyway, so, so yeah. 1380s full plate armor starts to be like actually developed, mm. and then by 1450 it is like head to toe full plate basically every part of your body even your balls <laughs> are covered in armor okay so plate armor kind of is like a cultural explosion do they have chainmail or was that they still wear later no or was chain, that chainmail starts with it doesn't start with the romans but the romans are wearing chainmail okay romans wear chainmail it changes it I develops thought they just it go like tits out like spartans mm-hmm. just wear no. underwear no no they had chainmail romans wore chainmail okay um and the then spartans they, were great wow. yeah they wore like layered textile and like leather not really I knew leather, they had like, like shields, but didn't they fight people who had like woven shields mm-hmm. and shit like that? Yeah, yeah textile armor. Like, textile why? armor is like the most popular kind of armor for all of history. Like thick padded clothing or layered clothing. Mm. It'll protect you from a lot of stuff. Okay. Like you'd rather be in a knife fight with like a, a flannel and a jacket on than you would naked. Kind yeah. of the same idea. Yeah. Yeah. Balls yeah. out. Yeah, balls out. <laughs> so they laugh, so they have a giggle when they see your balls flapping <laughs> yes. around. <laughs> Oh, look yeah. at that. <laughs> you got some saggy balls. Um, <laughs> you nicked me. Oh. Yeah. And uh, they... So, plate armor starts in 1320, comes to its own in 1380, and by f- by 1420... 1420. Even before then. 420, baby. By oh. 1420, people are... Knights are wearing full plate armor. Well, by... by 1380 people are in full blade armor okay. but it explodes mm. and then it continues to explode that's like a cult, that's like a technological explosion when they start putting plates on stuff it doesn't take long for them to put plates on everything yeah so when we start to have these ideas of like excuse me I mean, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you think like uh, you know cell phones such a novel idea look at how quickly it explodes well it really starts with like the telegram yeah wireless commun- or wired communication over long distances started yeah over 100 years ago so it took over 100 years for us to get to this point so technology now we just put chips on fucking everything. Smart toothbrush. Make it Bluetooth. Put in your vaccine. Yeah. The radio frequencies make the plastics align in your blood. Everybody knows this. Thanks, Bill Gates. It's fucking euthanizing the Africans. I went. I watched like a lot of Alex Jones on Joe Rogan recently, and so like, and I went on his website, and he gets way more like, like he's like crazy on Joe Rogan. But you go to his website, and it's like. Just so much stuff, like like he has like a, a underbar of just be like conspiracy.net, conspiracy.facts, like infofacts.com. Like That's awesome. it's just so much. And then he's That's got really supplements cool. of like aqua pure, like pure, clean the, the poison out of the air kind of stuff. And I'm like, dude, you are kind of like getting a little crazy. He's like, what the fuck? Like I saw like this video they're talking about like there's chips and vaccines and it's just like weird like microscope slide pictures of like 
this kind of looks like a chip, but I could. This could be from anywhere. You know, they could just be. There's, the, there's like the ancient Greek like microchip that they found. They thought they found, but it's like an amoeba. Really? It's like a fossil of an amoeba. Which <laughs> is like, oh fuck it. <laughs> now the Greeks, the anti-Kythera mechanism. The ancient Greeks had something kind of like a computer. Like from Indiana Jones. Kind of, yeah. What, what was that? You can't travel through time, right? No. Like, what the fuck? Was Archimedes that like movie. that smart? I haven't seen it. No, it's not. I'm sorry. Um, would this, is it inappropriate if I ran to the bathroom? You can pee right now. I don't care. Okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Oh, okay. I guess, yeah. In yeah. the bathroom. When we come back, we can kind of switch into like theology and stuff. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. All right, sing them a song. <laughs> we good? And we're back. All right, you want to see the ball night? Yeah, show me the Here, ball. I got the effigy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the prayer cone, <laughs> and he's got his fucking little dangly knife. So he's not like, legs. like, look at no, 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 no. He's like, he's like, that's just how it was. He's so like, this is like, a, this is an effigy from like thirteen sixty. Was this like a like a holy thing, or there's just like no. a painting of him? Oh, this so oh, this so is like, a stone carving on this guy's grave, and basically the reason why these effigies became a th- yes, yeah, so this is forever. The reason why these things became these effigies became a thing, it's like uh, because Catholics and Orthodox believe in intercessionary pra- uh, prayers, so we we pray for the dead. When mm-hmm. dead people die, we still pray for them. Um, so these knights and these important people had these effigies carved of them to be like, hey, when you come to my grave, say a prayer for me. Here's my face, mm-hmm. so you can think about me even more. Be like, you can like, concentrate even harder. <laughs> yeah. And for the Catholics, it's to get them out of purgatory. But for the Orthodox, it's we just kind of pray for their soul because we don't yeah. know about uh, what happens after death. But I read in uh, Dante's Purgatorio, like mm-hmm. everybody he talks to is just like, yeah, tell them to like pray for me because mm-hmm. like they have to wait for like a ten times yeah. as long as they made God wait out front, and then once they get in, they got to pray to mm-hmm. like help speed them along with their bullshit. Yeah, purgatory is uh, <laughs> theologically a very. In, in my opinion, improper concept. It's a fun little weird. It like, is really fun. It's it's so Catholic, um, <laughs> but you know you can still suffer. Don't yeah, worry. Don't worry. There's more suffering to do uh, outside of hell. Uh, yeah. So and there's like a whole cleansing fire. It gets in theology. There's a Bible verse that talks about there's one cleansing fire. Oh yeah. That's, so how that's can it be the one like, in purgatory and heaven? Yeah. It's it, in, in, like, in purgatorio, lost. it's in the ty- it's in the the top level. Yeah. Um, but you know. We, I don't believe in purgatory. <laughs> most most Catholics now don't, even though it is still technically a dogma in the Catholic Church. I don't purgatory. know how they like made that stuff up because like we could get into the theology of like Let's how do does how the fuck is it like because you're Eastern Orthodox mm-hmm. and like I remember because I went to Israel recently and I remember looking at all this stuff and I'm like this is like a little like idly kind of worship thing mm-hmm. and like I remember in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre they have. A stone on the ground, which is where they say that they laid Jesus after they took him down from the cross. Mm-hmm. But it's a fake stone because a real one underneath, people would come and chip off little mm-hmm. bits and take it home. <laughs> take the, take the, um, the relic home. But like um, out front at all these sites, they sell like totems and yeah. candles and stuff. Yeah. And I remember seeing this lady, this you know Eastern Orthodox lady. She's got her head thing on. Her she looks like babushka, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she sits down and she opens up her bag and she pulls out just like a forty pack of little like icons mm-hmm. or whatever they're mm-hmm. called and she's like rubbing them on the box yeah. and she pulls out another pack and i'm yeah. like, I'm like so, this doesn't seem crazy to you so there is um so we can we'll talk we'll talk about iconography you saw my icon corner in my room yeah with all the icons so the very important distinction between iconography and idolatry is as an orthodox person you need to be able to distinguish between a piece of wood with paint on it mm. which is an icon and uh god <laughs> uh, which is not like that wood a, is, a piece of wood. This God yeah, right there. Yeah. So we're not pagans, right? So we don't worship the wood. 
this was actually controversy that existed in the um, in the Byzantine Empire, the Eastern Romans, mm. as we should call them. In the Eastern Roman Empire, um, for about a hundred years, it was called the iconoclastic movement. Basically, the iconoclasts wanted to outlaw the worship mm-hmm. or the the veneration, as we say, of icons. Oh my gosh, freaking <laughs> making me burp on this yerba. Yerb it up. And so there's the icons are taken away. Mm-hmm. They are restored. They're taken away again, and they're restored again. Interesting. Interestingly, both times they're restored, they're restored by women, by female empresses. Um, huh. Yeah. Why? Uh, so there's a really interesting relationship in the Byzantine Empire between or in the orthodox world between females especially the empresses at the time mm-hmm. and uh the monastic culture the monks that exist in the orthodox world mm-hmm. when iconoclasm happens when the icons are taken away by the iconoclasts the iconoduels or the pro-icon people mm-hmm. most of them are monks these ideas start like these ideas don't want to bring these things back start in the monasteries mm-hmm. because they realize these monks whose job it is to pray and be holy like that's your job as a monk mm-hmm. like yeah they make beeswax candles and stuff like the monasteries here in Gainesville make icons and beeswax candles but their job is to pray mm-hmm. and to be holy mm-hmm. um, which is an, an important role that you know the Catholic Church is unfortunately suffering from now is their lack of monastic people who want to be monks and then when people become monks how loosey-goosey mm-hmm. like i met i met a monk one time wearing a pfg shirt and i'm like you're, you're not a monk what? You're monk, a, a monking out bro. yeah you're wearing a performance fishing gear yeah uf like like but monks can fish bro and it's like yeah go fish in your monastic habit bro. yeah, like, <laughs> but, yeah they're not shaving their heads no. as much anymore yeah they got rid of the tonsure but the orthodox never had that big bald spot yeah, that's just whack. Yeah, but the Catholics got rid of it, which I don't think they should have, mm. just because they thought it was silly. They got rid of it in the seventies. That's how recently. I, mean, I think it is silly. It but is silly, but I mean, you're a monk. It doesn't matter. You're if supposed people to be think you silly. Look silly. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's not like you don't care. You shouldn't care. Yeah. People think if you look silly or not. But um, so what are we talking about? Oh, the yeah, Eastern the icon, the yeah. icons. Uh, so these these movements start in in the monasteries, and the monks have a, a close relationship with empresses <laughs> because it's a very gentle approach to life, which is something that that throughout most of history uh, females are encouraged to have mm-hmm. and so they they can relate females and monks can relate um, and so the monks have more say in the will of an empress than they do an emperor mm-hmm. so when they're like hey these icons are important to us they're important prayer tools we should bring them back the mm-hmm. empresses are more willing to listen than the emperors now they get outlawed because the Byzantines get their ass kicked by Muslims mm-hmm. who are strictly iconoclastic you know no images yeah and they Islam. like rub all the faces out on right. different paintings no and shit like that in Islam. Um, and the Byzantines start to get their butts kicked by them, so they get rid of icons. Mm. Um, it helps. It actually, they actually do start to do better. Um, but the icons get brought back, mm. then they get taken away again, and then they get brought back, and then eventually the Byzantines push, at that time, those Muslims. Uh, so they're able. It, it does not seem to be a problem with the icons. Okay. Um, but so what an icon is, is it's a prayer tool. Mm. It is, if you have an icon of a saint, you pray to that saint. You don't pray to the icon. You pray to that saint as like a uh, an intercessor. Mm-hmm. So when people say like, "Oh, you could spend that time praying to Christ," yes, you could. And uh, but I promise, everyone now could stand to just pray more in general. Mm-hmm. So I don't like. I don't think that's a good argument. Like, oh, why don't you just say prayers to Christ? Like, I do say prayers to Christ, but I pray more on top of that to the saints. I thought you say like he's busy. You no, think. no. <laughs> yeah, you got to spread it out. <laughs> you know, he's doing all these prayers. You yeah. Know. 
but it helps so basically you're recruiting these people to pray for you it's more voices praying for you mm-hmm. is the way we think about it and um, different saints have you know we believe that they can intercede on different things so I had an icon of St. Christopher Christopher's my middle name I have an icon of St. Christopher mm-hmm. the name Christopher Christophoros means Christ bearer mm-hmm. the bearer of Christ um, Christo mm-hmm. and then Foros you know bearer of Christ and St. Christopher in the Bible there's a story about a man who carries Christ across a river mm-hmm. that is St. Christopher so he bears Christ while he's a child and so he's like the saint of travelers mm-hmm. so when I am going on a trip somewhere or I have someone who needs to get out of a bad situation like at, at home I'll maybe write their name on a piece of paper put it behind an icon and or I'll pray to that uh, to that saint mm-hmm. and be like hey I'm praying that you may intercede with me to Christ to entreat that you know this person but you don't need to do all that no you could just sit and be you like you could mm. yeah yeah you don't need an icon to pray that's not that's not the important part actually in orthodoxy there's an idea uh, the perfect state of being is one of constant prayer you're constantly praying no matter where you are no matter what you're doing um, that's that's the goal of orthodoxy but it's kind of like a Philosopher, philosophers kind of thing of like if the perfect way to be is just to be philosophizing all mm-hmm. the time except philosophy at least in the mind of a Christian is missing Christ yeah yeah I guess just trying to figure it it's out missing, on your own it's really missing a point in my opinion like yeah this is how the world is so what mm. Yeah, I guess it's like trying to figure out like what the fuck's going on, yeah. but without being like. But then after that's that, an answer, you'd be like, no, 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 different yeah. answer. But then, then after that, you know, so what? If that's the way the world is, so what? At least in my opinion, that's, no, that's, that's how good, I feel about you philosophy. Could defeat the entire philosophy department with right. it and be like, yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> so buy what? me groceries. Yeah. You can't buy me groceries. You're fucking off. Yeah. So what? In 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 the theological world, no matter what theology you you ascribe to, you have philosophy. And then the purpose of that philosophy is to orient your life towards God. So why, like, why did you become Eastern Orthodox? Mm-hmm. I think that's a good, like, why? So after my, I, I grew up Baptist, mm-hmm. growing to, going to, um, I, we, we fluctuated between, like, tiny, very holy, wonderful, like, small black Baptist churches, mm-hmm. like, when we, when we lived in Georgia and we first moved down to Florida. And then afterwards, we started going to, like, a mega church, mm-hmm. and you know, everyone kind of hated it. My grandpa wanted to go to church, mm-hmm. you know, and that was the closest one to all of us. And then so when he died, we all stopped going in like mm-hmm. 2012. And then after that, I went to like a couple non-denominational churches. I went to one denom- non-denominational church where they serve communion with Krispy Kreme donuts and grape juice. And I was like, this is wrong. Right. Even oh, then. Oh, my, oh, yeah. And I was like, have Krispy Kreme donuts afterwards <laughs> or before? <laughs> This is this is wrong. Like Christ is pretty good, bro. Yeah. <laughs> give me a second, second give me more Christ. Christ. Yeah, give me more Christ. Um, and so I'm like, this is wrong. And then at that same church, I was helping move their baptismal font, which is like the six hundred pound thing. I'm a scrawny guy. I was even scrawnier back then mm-hmm. in high school because I ran cross country. And they were like, had me going down the stairs like the six hundred pound thing, while like three other men. And they then they dropped it, or I slipped down the stairs and like sliced like all the skin on the inside of my fingers off. Oh. And they were like, oh shit, band aids over there. See ya. <laughs> and I was like, you guys are, you guys are, no, this isn't the Christian spirit. Like, what? And so I stopped going to church. Didn't go to church for all of college, mostly, until I came here to UF. Hmm. And my last semester, I took a, uh Orthodox Christianity class, because hmm. it was my favorite professor. Um, and I was like, hey, I'm going to take this class, because I've taken, like, seven of his classes, and that's the only one he's offering this semester. And so we had a test coming up about the liturgy, which liturgia, the Greek word, 
basically means celebration as far as I'm aware. It could be completely wrong. But it kind of comes from the same um, etymology as the Catholic word for mass. Mm-hmm. So they're the same thing. Mass and liturgy are just Catholic and Greek translations mm-hmm. of like a service that you go to to worship at. Um, and so I went to the liturgy to do to the liturgy here in Gainesville, St. Elizabeth's Greek Orthodox Church to do better on the test. Mm-hmm. I did really good on that test. And then me and my buddy who I went with were like, hey, I should keep going. Mm-hmm. And we never stopped going. Because learning about something, and then we had the best grades in that class. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> learning about something, and I always say this with theology, or with anything, really. Uh, you can read the Bible all you want. Mm-hmm. You can watch all the YouTube videos. You can read all the ortho, bro, trad, trad, cath, fucking stupid drivel online. You this want. is like a whole sect of YouTube that I'm yeah. not aware of. Yeah. Ortho bros. Like, oh my gosh. Dude. Anathema. Get this sick icon of yeah. Buff Peter, bro. <laughs> that, the ortho bros, internet orthodox people are like some of the worst people in the world. They are so pretentious and they don't go to church. Mm. Like, that's basically what I <laughs> um, Like, you can learn all this stuff all you want. You can know all the theology. Mm. But if you don't go to church and you don't worship, none of it's going to click. Mm. I promise none of it's going to click. Mm. Um, C.S. Lewis was saying this stuff about Anglicanism and Christianity in general in the 40s, and it's still true today. And Just people like were saying go. that a thousand years ago. You got to go for it to click. And so the class, which seemed kind of disjointed, I didn't really get when I actually started to go to church. Mm. It made it's hard to make sense. Mm-hmm. I, I actually could understand the impact of the church councils now, mm. or I understand this Bible verse now because here's how it plays out in the liturgy. Here's how it plays out in the worship that we participate in, mm-hmm. in living church life and fasting and doing all this. The truth starts to actually come out mm. of these seemingly disconnected, abstract concepts that might not make sense <clears throat> if you don't live them. Mm-hmm. That's my. That's, so that's, that's how I started going to church, to okay. do better in class. <laughs> and then I... I continued to go. Then they got you. And then they got me. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a welcoming community. Thank God I started at St. Elizabeth's. Because being the... So we're Greek Orthodox mm-hmm. at St. Elizabeth's. But being that we're the only Orthodox church in Gainesville mm-hmm. of any kind, your only options are you can go to the monasteries over in Williston and Riddick. Uh, there's a male and female monastery. We don't have like nunneries in Orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. So the nuns, it's still a monastery. But so they're still monks. They're, Can they be priests? They're though? They can't be no. Okay. No female priests in Orthodoxy. But one thing that's different is that Orthodox priests can be married. The monks can't be married, but Orthodox priests mm. can be married. Sick. They have to be married before they become a priest, but they can be married and have children, which is actually really important, and we can talk about that. Um, but so your only options are really you go to the monastery where they, the, the liturgy is in Greek. Mm-hmm. So I've been a couple times. I don't get it. I know a couple <laughs> of my friends, like when they come into Orthodoxy, a couple of people I know, they go there and like, oh, this is dumb. I don't get it. Mm. Like, of course you don't get it. You don't know Greek, idiot. Yeah. And even if you knew Greek, you don't know ancient liturgical Greek. Yeah, you don't know what the fuck they're yeah. saying. Come to your parish church, which is St. Elizabeth's, and it's in English. Mm. And so at St. Elizabeth's, we have the Greeks. We have the converts, like myself, the white folk. <laughs> we also have um, Ukrainians, Russians, Romanians. Mm. My godfather's a Romanian. Um, a lot of hot chicks. A few, yeah. <laughs> Eastern European girls, yeah. That's the only way you're gonna entice me. I'm like, <laughs> there's a couple. Tell me about the babes. Yeah, there's this. a couple babes. To me, church girls are kind of like, mm. no, they're not like Protestant church girls. God's God's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We have. I'm trying to think. When we say the Lord's Prayer, we say it in seven different languages. Mm. I don't. I say it in English and like half in Greek because I know like the first half of the Lord's Prayer in Greek. So we do Greek first, then English, then Old Church Slavonic, which is the the language of the Russian and Ukrainian church. Mm-hmm. 
than Romanian, <clears throat> then usually Arabic, depending if the, the Arabs are there or not. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like recently, they just got back from a, a month-long trip in Bethlehem, where they're from. They all go together. Yeah. <laughs> so our Arabic families are from Bethlehem and Nazareth. Oh, damn. That's okay. how holy St. Elizabeth is. They're from Bethlehem. They're Coptic. Not Coptic. That's, that's the Egyptian church. They are um, Syrian mm-hmm. and uh, Syrian Orthodox from Syria. So is it like either you're Catholic, Protestant, <laughs> or if you're like the more ancient, kind of like the Armenian church, then they all just kind of mm-hmm. go to the Eastern Orthodox yeah. just to kind of like... We have an Armenian family there. Okay. <clears throat> the non-Chalcedonian, but that's a church council thing. I don't know what that means. Yeah, well, we can talk about it. <laughs> Not important for the purpose of St. Elizabeth. It is important in the, in, the, in the idea of religion, but St. Elizabeth's, we have everybody. We've got two different types of Ethiopians, the Eritreans and the other kind that I can't remember right now. Forgive mm-hmm. me. And so Lord's Prayer, Greek, English, Romanian, Arabic, Old Church Slavonic, two different types of Ethiopian languages. Um, you, the Ukrainian guy says it in Ukrainian. He should say it in Old Church Slavonic, in my opinion, but I understand with, with, the, with the background of what's happening right now, yeah. he wants to sow his allegiance to his country. God bless him. Mm. You do, he's a wonderful guy. You do you. Um, we've had a couple times say it in Spanish when we get Spanish families. Like, we had a Cuban Orthodox family visit. Yeah. Um, Cut that shit out. Yeah, no, we said it in Spanish. <laughs> yeah. um, I said as much as I could. <laughs> Uh, a nomine patre. No, that's yeah. Latin. That means close. <laughs> Padre nuestro. Yeah. Nuestro. Uh, and we don't say it in Latin. But if there was a family there that was uh, old right Orthodox, mm. which is what Catholics should be, basically, mm. <laughs> which is started by the Antiochian Church, so out of Antioch, um, they would say it in Latin. So what's the difference between you yeah. guys and the Catholics? Communism. Oh, no. <laughs> Catholics. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask about the different denominations, like quote-unquote denominations of orthodoxy. I, I mean, like, I don't understand, like, the whole orthodoxy. Yeah. Let's talk about the orthodox then, breakdown first, and then we'll talk about why we're different from Catholics. Okay. So the reason why there's, like, Greek and Roman, or sorry, Greek and Russian and Ukrainian and Romanian-Armenian mm-hmm. orthodox is because all of those places were communist. Mm. So when communism comes in, in, you know, the 20th century, early 20th century, in Eastern Europe, communism is a very secular ideology mm-hmm. same with fascism same yeah. with all this thing all the isms yeah um, aren't they atheists yeah like very secular very mm. atheistic so the people who are persecuted the most under communism are the orthodox clergy mm. and so to continue their clergy a lot of orthodox clergymen who have since been disavowed started to like side with the communists and make you know um, deals yeah like, make deals uh, with communists to survive which we you know that kind of defeats the point of being a Christian you know you get martyred so I heard they're very much like in bed especially in Russia mm-hmm. like they oh, yeah. are in cahoots with the government mm-hmm. like you have to have influence with them yeah it's a very sad state in, mm-hmm. in modern Russia but there are some very 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 holy Russian Orthodox priests mm-hmm. and bishops running around out there who fight the good fight and get in trouble for it mm. Uh, and so at my Greek Orthodox Church, when we hear about that, we pray for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so when the communism comes in, in, in Greek's case, when the Nazis come in, uh, when, in Greece's case, when the Nazis come in and take over in the 40s, mm. the churches kind of have to go underground. And then in that time where they're a little separate from each other and they're not communicating over in the massive church body like they used to, um, different focuses get placed on different things, different parts of the liturgy. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really different theological developments, but it's really just kind of different emphases. So the Russians are more focused on this, 
and the Greeks are more focused on this during the liturgy, that kind of stuff. Like, what do you mean, like? So the Russians are really, really focused on like when women come into the church. Mm-hmm. At least the Russian churches I've been to. You need to have a head covering on. Mm-hmm. It says it in the Bible. Um, so wear a head covering if you're a woman. Um, they don't have pews in Russian churches because that uh, you know old churches didn't have pews. That's a Western thing. So you just stand. You there? stand. Yep. Unless you're old, then there's there's. Uh, chairs on the wall you can go sit on mm. at my church we have pews because we're Greek <laughs> and that we place a little bit on it, less emphasis on that in the Greek church we focus a lot on chanting chanting in the proper tones mm. so uh, Byzantine chants keeping the tradition of that alive and um, we're a very loving church all of all Orthodox churches should be mm-hmm. and a lot of them and they are love first that's that's the idea of Christianity mm. love comes first that's the revolution that happens because of Christianity is a loving one um so all the churches, but the Greek church really, you know, shouldn't say prides itself because that's a sin. But mm. we, we <laughs> like to say that that's like our thing. Mm. We're a very loving church, mm. very welcoming church. Um, and so we're all Orthodox. We are all, for the most part, there's some really sad church politics like between Russia and Ukraine right now. Mm-hmm. They're not in communion with each other, which is so pathetic mm. and sad and so nationalistic and it it's so dumb mm-hmm. but I'm allowed to critique them and the patriarchs because I'm not a Catholic mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we don't you know we don't believe our religion is decided by the patriarch it's decided by you know the two thousands of years that has become before then by Christ uh-huh. and the apostles uh, not by the Pope but and I'm obviously paraphrasing Catholics <laughs> and doing them such a huge injustice <laughs> um, bunch of losers no no <laughs> very good Catholic friends but that kind of thing uh so, so different in like the Russian Orthodox Church they place different emphasis on different things the Antiochian they place different emphasis on different things the Greek Church we place different emphasis on different things aren't but the Armenians like different or they're yeah. still within the the, or, the Armenians are technically non-Chalcedonian which means they have different opinions they don't accept the Council of Chalcedon which is an early church council that does that determine the nature of Christ mm-hmm. so the Council of Chalcedon if I'm right and I could be wrong but um Determined that Christ is two natures, mm-hmm. so he is man, all man. He's one hundred percent man, mm-hmm. and he's one hundred percent God. Mm-hmm. So he's he's two in one. He's the God man because he's <laughs> both of those things. That's the word we use for him. Yeah, there's a Greek word for it that sounds a lot fancier, but I don't remember it. Um, he is the God man who is all God and all man. Mm-hmm. He's not fifty fifty. Yeah, he doesn't have two separate wills. It's all one will in one man. I think the Catholics have the same thing. Right. Yes, they do. Yeah, the Catholics accepted the Council of Chalcedon. But the Ethiopian Church um, is also, I believe, non-Chalcedonian. So, like, uh, so they're technically not in communion. But at St. Elizabeth's, they may, they're Orthodox, you're Orthodox. Mm. You can approach the chalice. There, there, are, there are bigger problems of Christianity in the world than the Council of Chalcedon at the moment. Mm-hmm. That's something we can talk about later. Like all if the we have like LGBT churches and all that. Like jazz. the Anglican Church. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's better to just try, let's try and unify under the Orthodox umbrella. For the, so for the time period. they think he's like 50-50 God, so sometimes he's God and sometimes he's I, not God. Or? I am not anywhere near knowledgeable enough okay. to, to make a claim on what the, our Armenian fellows of the church believe. <laughs> but I, I bel- that's what the Council of Chalcedon is. Okay. From my understanding. So, what makes... Hold on. Goodness gracious. I got pee again, but we're gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hold it. <laughs> yeah, I might have to pee, too. Yeah. Don't worry, we got to Yeah, what makes um, the Orthodox Church different from the Catholic Church? In essence, is 
the papacy. Mm. So let's talk about the filioque. The filioque. Yeah, let's talk about the filioque. Let's talk. Let's start with the creed. Mm. So the Nicene Creed is the creed of Christianity. It's mm-hmm. the basic statement of faith that Christians agreed upon at the Council of Nicaea mm-hmm. in. I can't remember the century, third or fourth century. Is that when they wrote the Bible? It's around when the Bible was put together. Okay. So in the first couple hundred years of Christianity's existence, those books were written. Mm-hmm. The Gospels and all the epistles were written, and they were floating around out there. But there were also some ones that we would now consider non-canon. Um, Maccabees. The Orthodox hold Maccabees. Oh, yeah. shout out. I believe. There's a beer called Maccabees in Israel. I I believe. That's my favorite Maccabees. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not a a biblical scholar. I've read it, and I I like it. (laughs) And I've read it the right way, the right way a Christian should. The Christian should read read the New Testament first, then go back and read the Old Testament. Yeah. Because I've been wondering, like, I want to read it because I'm not, like, Christian. Mm -hmm. But, like, I just want to read just to be like, so what? What the read, fuck is actually the book? The best know? way to read it, read in in the context of the world, not even Christian context, in the, the world we live in now mm. is, a, is a world that comes from Christianity. Mm. Anyone that tells you otherwise is a fucking idiot. What about like China? They are, they have been they massively have the westernized. The Tao. Yeah, the but way. they have been massively, massively westernized, haven't they? Mm. And when we say westernized, we mean Christianized. That's really what it means. Read Read Dominion by Dr. Tom Holland. Very good book. Not Spider-Man. A different Tom Holland. Fuck. Okay. Yeah, you have to tell me that book. afterwards. Yeah. Hopefully you remember. I will. Um, it's a great book. Um, he's The Anglicans got him before the Orthodox could. It's unfortunate. Fuck. Fuck. Um, <laughs> but, but like what? Like should I read King, King James? You should read. Yep. JVS. Yep. You, you should read New King James. Which one's like vanilla Bible? New I don't King want James. like. New King James. Who was, is King James? Uh, he was a guy that had a, a an English uh, translation of the Bible. I believe it's the first English translation of the Bible mm. translated from the Greek. The Bible's written in Greek, by the way. Not Latin. Oh shit! It's written in Greek. Okay. Uh, also in Aramaic. Hebrew. It's the written. It's a lot of so the Old Dead Testament. Scrolls. The Old Testament is written in four languages. Mm. I believe. I could be wrong. I know it's written in four. Um, but there was a Greek translation. There was a Hebrew translation. An Aramaic translation. That's the language Christ spoke. It's what Arabic comes from. Mm-hmm. And a Latin translation of the Old Testament. Most of the New Testament, especially the epistles, are written in Greek. Some of them are in Aramaic. No mm. one was writing in Latin, as mm. far as I'm aware. I could be so wrong. But for pussies. It's Greek. Okay. Latin. The fact that the Catholics hold Latin as a holy language is a ridiculous idea. The Orthodox don't have a holy language, which is why we had no problem translating the Bible into the vernacular of whoever we were trying to preach to. Mm. We don't come to them and say, hey, speak Latin, idiot, or you're not going to get it, stupid. <laughs> we come in and learn their language. We, right? Like I'm a 2,000-year-old Orthodox yeah, yeah. evangelical. You represent yeah. the entire church. I'm, I am uh, Cyril and Methodius. Patriarch no, absolutely not. <laughs> um like St. Cyril and Sa- you've heard of the Cyrillic alphabet, the alphabet of the Russians? Yeah, yeah, with the backwards R's. Yep, that comes from the Greek alphabet because Cyril and Methodius went to evangelize um, the Kievan Rus, so modern-day Ukraine, mm. Belarus, and Russia. They were Greeks. They, they kind of melded the languages mm-hmm. to kind of make a little bit of a lingua franca, which mm. is Old Church Slavonic, and then they, they preached in that language. Mm. So that language was a common ground where people would come. That's and, pretty cool. Yeah, that's where... The Cyrillic Saint Cyril mm. and his brother Saint Methodius, who gets forgotten about, uh, but gets named after Saint Cyril. Rip, Rip Methodius. I got a little icon of him in my in my room. So we don't have a problem. We the Orthodox don't have a problem mm-hmm. uh, translating the Bible into the vernacular. That's kind of the point. Is you should know what it says. Okay. Uh, but th- you read the King James version. It's the best 
translation, in my opinion. The Orthodox Study Bible is based on the King James Version. Read, But it's not going to have Maccabees in it. it. If you read the Orthodox Study Bible, it will. Okay. But if you just get the King James Version, no. But read Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I think Luke. I have like one in my house somewhere yeah. that I don't want to yeah, crack pay it open. for a new one. Crack it open. <laughs> read Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Read it. If you're, if you're a Christian, right? Mm. Here's my advice. Read Matthew, Mark, and Luke until you believe what's in them. John gets into theology. John is the only of the four Gospels that calls Christ God. Mm-hmm. He's the one that says Christ is God. It's him. So read John is super theologically heavy. Mm-hmm. Read Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I love Luke because Luke is a he's a historian. Mm-hmm. Um, he like dates things. He says like in the so and so year of, of this emperor's reign, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. Luke is an intellectual, so he picks up when Christ references Greek tragedies. He's the only one that picks up on it. He's not barbarous like Mark. Right. Fucking dumbass. No, they're, they're all smart. They're all very intelligent. But those books are in the Bible because they're all they're four very different people mm-hmm. who have very different opinion, opinions. John is the, understands the theology. Mm-hmm. Luke understands Christ's intellectual statements. Mm-hmm. Christ, there was a um, a like a stage for like Greek tragedies built, uh, and Christ at that time period, and we believe since he was a carpenter probably was contracted to help build that stage. Mm. And so probably would have seen some Greek tragedies performed, which is where Christ's knowledge, because he'll drop lines from Greek tragedy mm. in the Bible, or he, he says it, and then Luke writes it down, because he's like, oh, that's like that's from, that's from this tragedy. And so he writes it down. So like, he's like, gives like little footnotes. Yeah. Like, okay, that's yeah. what he's talking about. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's definitely helpful, like reading yeah. historical stuff. You're like, oh, that's what he means. Yeah, so I mean, the read the Gospels as history, because they are. Hmm. Even if you don't buy the theology of it, that's okay. But they are historical accounts. So but why not go just first page? Old Testament. To, yeah. Old Testament, because it's going to take a long time. And because we live in a Christianized world, mm. um, and if you don't believe me, you know, read Dominion by Dr. Tom Holland to all four listeners. It's a big book, but it's a really good one. Come on, guys. He'll convince you. One guy's in Belgium. Get the audiobook, bro. Hey. It's great. They probably have it in Belgium. Shout out to Gustav. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Shout out to Belgian, Belgian guy, number six. Yeah. Um, but so, and then when you go back, so read the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, mm-hmm. the Gospels, then go into the Epistles, go into Acts, and all, the, and all that. And then go back and read the Old Testament in the context of Christianity, because mm-hmm. that's in the context of our modern world, because our modern world is Christianized. Mm-hmm. You'll understand it better. It'll make more sense. Things won't seem as abstract and weird, because you'll understand the meaning behind them, if you okay. really, really, really love and learn the text. And to love something doesn't mean you have to believe it. You don't have to be a Christian to love the Bible or to love what's written in it. Mm-hmm. Love it intellectually. Love it as a piece of work. I'm not a Catholic, but I really love Dante's, mm-hmm. you know, those three things, Purgatorio, mm-hmm. Inferno, and Paradisio. Yeah. I'm not Catholic. They're fan fiction. Everybody knows that's the meme. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Catholic fanfic, whatever. Yeah, I was talking to my boy, and he was like, so, like, is there any way that this is real? I'm no. like, Nah, he just kind of no. wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> They're just I, like, Dante yeah. didn't believe it was real. There's no way. <laughs> He's just like, it'd be really cool, right? If yeah. I was like, it'd be super cool. Just dreaming and hanging out with Virgil. That'd be like, awesome. <laughs> um, I, I, I love the text. I can sit down. I can read Arthurian texts from late medieval England, mm. like Gawain and the Green Knight. Um, with a weird ass language, like weird old English. Yeah. You're like, it's oh. like another language. So I, I, I would say I, I, I read Middle English. I can read it. Mm. It's one of my language skills. That's pretty good. Is that your only language besides English? Spanish as well. Oh. I work with Mexicans, bro. Oh, see. At the Greek place. <laughs> yeah. Dude, if, 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 if we lost every Mexican in Florida, 
every restaurant will go to Agnes. <laughs> all of them. All of them. I believe it. That Dude, sounds like a good one. Because when I think of like jobs where it's like they're probably fine with not like putting you on the books, it's restaurants and farms. Mm-hmm. And like, no, I will say because I don't want to. I don't want to get in, in, anyone in any trouble. Actually, all of I, all of the Mexican people that work at a restaurant have their work visas. Oh, okay. Well, they're that's allowed good. to be here, <laughs> but they don't speak a lick of English. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so high school Spanish really paid in. Yeah. Paying sí. dividends. <laughs> yeah. See. Sí. Duolingo es muy bueno. There you go. <laughs> Um, but I don't really speak Spanish. I kind of speak Mexican. <laughs> Different. But so yeah, there's there's that's how you should read the Bible. In okay. My Have you read like the Talmud or like the trying to look at the Quran? I, I I I see the problem I had. The problem I have with the Quran is not the Quran itself. It's that the Quran being the Word of God as it is, mm. it's considered the Word. Like the Bible isn't the Word of God. It's the written Word of God. Christ is the Word of God. Christ mm-hmm. is God, the Word. He's the Logos. That's the Greek. That's our best translation mm-hmm. of the Greek word Logos. John says he is, John writes Christ saying that he is the Logos, which best as we can understand in our English minds means the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Christ is the Word of God, not what's written in the Bible, which is why when people like burn Bibles and stuff, mm-hmm. it's like fucking whatever. You know who's burning Bibles before anybody else? Christians. <laughs> <laughs> like way, way back. Okay, yeah. We were burning Bibles before anybody else was, so get with it, guys. It's like the Americans, like, we burn our flag all the time, yeah. bro. Who cares? Some guys do it yeah. overnight. Um, and so, but you shouldn't burn a Quran if you're Muslim. Yeah. You really shouldn't burn a Bible. You shouldn't do that. But you really shouldn't <laughs> burn a Quran because it is it is the Word of God. Mm. So I hesitate it because you're not really supposed to translate the Quran, as mm. far as I understand. I don't want to read it in English unless I speak Arabic because that's hard. And like that, that, that doesn't do feel mean? culturally appropriate for me to do. Like translate your word into my language, and I'll get like the the watered down version of it. I figure you get the gist. I don't know. I'm worried. Yeah. I'll give it a look at some point. I have a Bhagavad Gita, which is not. I know it's not. I, I want to read that one. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, walk around. The Krishnas will hand you a fucking Bhagavad Gita, and they'll ask twenty dollars for it, and you can I, slap them. Fuck. Yeah. yeah they, I, dude, the Krishnas here will like stand in front of dude. hobo camps and like take hobos money. I'm like, yeah, that's holy. Really? Thanks, guys. Yeah. Because I know. Yeah, we had the we had someone on my campus, and they're like yeah. they're like free books, and then, like I grab one, and he's like. Well, you know, like these books are like cost money, so like maybe if you could donate, and I like give them five bucks. I actually asked for a donation first. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, no, how would you do like that? That seems like a little bit more. My guys were shit. They were like free books, and then I took two, and then they're like, whoa, 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 you know, yeah. two. And I then took a baklava. No, a baklava from one of these guys. He's like, hey, free book, you know, some free literature. Yeah. And he's like, all right, that's like fifteen dollars. You need to donate to us. I'm like, fuck no. Well, yeah, it's like that's not how it works. Yeah. Got in my face, bro. And I got, I got, so I got one that was like the teaching of like some guru guy mm-hmm. and he's like everything is Krishna blah 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 it's the Krishna consciousness like I'm reading it and it's like no articles. man there's truth in there these guys they, they can be really holy yeah, yeah but like this uh, this thing was just like this is like a yeah. this bullshit so like I read like part of it I'm like okay he's crazy that's fine and then my buddy my Indian buddy he asked me to borrow the Bhagavad Gita because he is Hindu mm-hmm. and then he never read it and he just took it Yeah. and I'm like can I have it back he's like no it's nice to have a round and I'm like bro <laughs> I, yeah, I, I am one day going to get into the Talmud because um, you know modern day Judaism is not a continuation of the Judaism of Christ you tell me the little like boxes on their heads yeah. not accurate no. uh, Christianity is a continuation of the, the Judaism of Christ Modern-day Talmudic Judaism is a reaction to the dominancy of Christianity. It's to, it's a way of, hey, we're going to develop the Talmud, this piece of literature, to distinguish ourselves from Christians, which mm. is fine. If that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. That's why a lot of the Talmud 
is less scriptural and more talks about how you treat other people mm-hmm. or what your opinions on other people are. Mm-hmm. Um, not trying to be an anti-Semite. I could completely misunderstand. Yeah, you're kind of over here like these fucking poser Jews no, over here, no. copycats. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I have many Jewish friends. So I can say I can say <laughs> the word. No, I'm cool. I love matzah. <laughs> <laughs> I eat bagels. I eat bagels. We're, <laughs> We're chill. Me and fucking the Jews are chill. Man. I am. So we serve bagels at church. We say shalom sometimes. Pro-Jewish as shit. Yeah, dude, whatever. You know, I, I love might Hollywood. Not, might not be a Zionist, but Israel <laughs> Israel I got problems with but Jews go for it brother keep it up <laughs> keep it up wear your silly little hats it's just to cover the bald spots oh, orthodox hats are fucking those sweet, big though. ones dude the ones that the, the monks wear yeah like, the, those are sweet the big bro. black hats their curls They're are baller. weird though bro I went to like you, you go Jews to the wailing? orthodox people right now Orthodox Jews. Uh, also, the Orthodox Christians. The Orthodox the Jews. No, not like the fucking little no. Yankees no, yarmulkes. No, no. <laughs> no, I'm talking like the uh, or kippah, whatever you call it. I have no idea. Um, like I went to the the Wailing Wall and they have like a little tunnel mm-hmm. only in the men's section because number one. Uh, we had the penises. You guys know. Balls are funny. Um, so like they have this little tunnel on the side and you go in and it's like a little like at the very end they have like this classroom. It's all these desks and you go in there and it's like everybody's dressed in black. They mm-hmm. got the big hat. On their rocking, they're looking at you. They're like fucking goys coming in here. Cause like me, and it was this Burmese guy or Myanmar, whatever the fuck. The python. Yeah, and he was like, and he was not like he was religious, but like when we were there, he was just kind of like looking around, like Whoo! you know. And I was kind of too. I was like, look at all these guys. Look at them go. Yeah. Cause like I, like, and that's kind of one thing I wanted to discuss. Like all the like traditional stuff all the like oh we have the holy symbols we wear the weird yep. clothes we do the things mm-hmm. and i'm like this is like like we went to um what is it when we went to that funeral recently of a friend um like i remember sitting in there and everybody's chanting the same thing and we're all looking okay. at the big plus sign yeah certainly do not don't don't uh, don't conflate liberal lutheranism well I, with like, with holy traditions. Yes. Because that, but, in my opinion, is made up. Well, tradition. Me, I think it's all made up. Here's the thing, though. Tradition I mean, is made up. It's still like... Ma- right, right. No, but right. it seems very, like, culty. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it does, it does seem like, culty. But here, here's the thing. My, I don't think my church is culty. I thought my... I it thought says my any cult church, member ever. I thought my Baptist <laughs> church was culty. The cult... The, I, what a cult is, is it's, it's worship towards a human individual. Mm. If you're a Christian, you know, you don't believe Christ. God. Well, he was 100%. He was, he was 100%. He was also 100% God. Here's the thing. 100% cold, 100% not cold. Let's talk, let's talk about the difference between Protestantism. Mm. Well, actually, you know, let's, let's real quick go back. Let's finish our conversations about Catholics and Orthodox. Wait, wait. I got, let's do a pre-break. Okay. Right. Pre-break. We'll pre-break. All right. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. All right. We're back. And we're back. We left at each other's balls when we were in the back. Yeah, that was so hot. <laughs> well, that was funny. All right. Uh-huh. So, Catholics. Let's talk about Catholics. Let's get into it. So, let's talk about the filioque. Okay. So filioque. Yeah, is, say it again. Say it again. No, not a good thing. Filioque is the uh, Latin word and the son. Fili is son. Mm-hmm. So, and the son is what filioque means. And it comes from the Catholic addition to the Nicene Creed. So we started talking about the church councils. That's how we got off track. So there are seven accepted church councils. Mm. The seven ecumenical councils. Sometimes nine. Sometimes seven. Depends on who you ask. I've got no opinion because I haven't learned enough about it. Same. 
<clears throat> right. So <laughs> you be nine, I'll be seven. Just for yeah. a second, just so we can yell at each other. Bro, those two are the best, bro. <laughs> Everybody the best knows. It's like Transformers, bro. <laughs> fucking Mark Wahlberg is so great in that. Um, so <laughs> at one of the church councils, one of the councils in Nicaea, they established the creed of Christianity, mm. which is, if you'll let me recite it, um, go off. It's quite long. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all ages, light of light, true, or true God of true God, begotten, not created, of one essence with the Father, through whom all things were made, who for us and for our salvation he came out from heaven, was incarnate by the Holy Spirit, and the Virgin Mary, and became man. He was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate, and he suffered and he was buried. On the third day he rose according to the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again with glory to judge living and the dead. <clears throat> and in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who together with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who spoke to the prophets. And in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. I expect the resurrection of the dead and the life of the age to come. Amen. But that's not, is that different from the Apostles' Creed or is the Apostles' Creed? Like an, so the amended. Apostles' Creed came before the Nicene Creed. Mm. It's the early version of the Nicene Creed. And a lot of Protestant churches have adopted the Nicene Creed because they want to say, hey, we're not those kinds of Christians. We're older, which is bullshit. <laughs> They're not. Um, the Apostles' Creed was replaced by the Nicene Creed for a reason. Mm. That's the Nicene Creed. <laughs> that if, if you are a Christian, those are your basic sets of beliefs. You are vehement about this. Yes. You're very <laughs> That's what it is. That's what Christianity is. It's, mm. it's those words. I might have missed a couple words uh, because, I, like I said, I'm, I yeah. guess I'm... I figured out I'm hopped up on caffeine and brain pills because of this. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, was, I was rushing and I haven't eaten all day this and I'm very hungry. Yeah, so, that counts as calories. Yeah. I don't, no, I'm, 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 I'm fasting from meat right now. I'm not just fasting, not eating. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. This is. This is um, so you could have had the Jack. The, yeah, yeah. This League of Legends flavored Coke tastes like it has Jack That's in it. It's the League of Legends flavored? It's the, yeah, it's the. What is it? Fucking. It's got jizz in it. League of Legends Ultimate Limited Edition. That's repulsive. Plus XP flavored. It tastes like it has Jack in it, (laughs) but it doesn't. So it's all the negatives of it. (laughs) It's just so bad. Don't buy it. Anyways, so that's a nice ingredient. That's the when. That is when it is generally agreed that Christianity is established. Mm. Is when the nice ingredient is established. Okay. That's when we can start saying, "Hey, we are Christians. We all agree with this thing." In comes Charlemagne. Okay, Whoa. fucking French people, dude. He's the best, bro. No, he took not. over and shit. Here comes French people to ruin everyone's life, the like they always do. Scourge of the earth with their mm, stupid their arches, nasty, stinky language. Yeah, no, I love a gothic arch. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Sounds sexual. Yeah. I'm gothic arch. You gotta love the sources, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll do a oh, love. I like you. those I'll, sources. I'll do, I'll do a love your history I'll, rant at the end of this, and I'll get emotional. Do a little something in that source. <laughs> creep <laughs> balls but are funny no balls vaginas no nasty right. stop <laughs> um so here comes Charlemagne, right the nicene creed exists as it does for a few hundred years mm. everyone gets behind the nicene creed <sighs> here comes Charlemagne. we understand at this point in history that the seat of power in christianity is in constantinople mm. with the eastern romans with the byzantines mm. Charlemagne, wanting to establish himself as the ruler of the west who used to rule in the West? Hmm, the Romans. There's the Eastern Romans over there. What can I call myself to make them seem like lesser Romans, not the legit heirs of the Romans? Hmm. Give me, give me what's your guess? The Byzantines. The Holy Roman Empire. They Char- call them the Holy Charlemagne Roman Charlemagne starts the Holy Roman Empire. That's what he starts calling himself. Oh, he's the Holy yes. Roman Empire rather than them right. being the Holy yes. Roman Empire. Yes. Uh, That's where the name Holy Roman Empire comes from. 
from but that's Charlemagne. like how long after Rome falls? 700 years. Oh, after Rome falls? 300 years. And he's like, yeah, we're not yeah. Rome. So he kind of goes... But he's French. Right. And he, he wants... The, he wants, he wants, And it's understandable because he wants the legitimacy of saying, hey, there were these established peoples. We are their descendants. Mm-hmm. We are the, their heirs. The Carolingian Empire. Mm-hmm. Charlemagne's Empire. Develops into the Holy Roman Empire. It's the equivalent of calling the electric Mustang the Mustang yeah. when it's not a Mustang. It's not a fucking Mustang. No. <laughs> He wants to be the Roman emperor. He wants to be the emperor of the West. Mm. So what he does is he gets the pope, who is in Rome, to crown him the emperor of the West. At this point, the pope, all he is, he's the bishop of Rome. Mm-hmm. That's what the pope is. That's the pope's title. He's the bishop of Rome. He is the head of Rome. He has a position of cultural primacy amongst the other bishops, the bishop of Antioch, of of the bishop of, like today, London. Mm-hmm. Um, Just because Rome established yeah. Christianity no, as their religion. Because that's where Peter goes. That's where Peter and Paul are martyred, we believe. Mm. And so Rome has this mysticism around it. Mm-hmm. It's got like this cultural importance around it for Christianity. Um, so it has a position of primacy. The, the, the Bishop of Rome in the pre-schism world, before they split, Orthodox and Catholics, they, the bishop doesn't have the final say. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. His his vote isn't worth more. But like in processions, he has the seat of honor. But he doesn't speak the word of God right. directly right. like no. to say he does. No, they all have to get. That's what these councils are. So when these councils get together, these seven church councils, it's all the bishops have to get together Nine. and agree on something. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all these bishops have to get together and they have to agree on something. That's how changes are made in the church. Changes happen in the church. We establish a canon of the Bible. We establish a creed. We change the creed a little. But the creed only changes. These things only change when everybody gets together and agrees. All the bishops get together all, from all of Christendom. They get together, and they sometimes for years debate, mm. and they agree. This is a heresy. This is dogma. Mm. This is true. This is false. What Charlemagne has the Pope do is, well, I can't remember if it starts with Charlemagne or if it starts with the Pope, but he adds a word, filioque, and the son to the Nicene Creed in the part about the Holy Spirit. Mm. So when the Creed says, and the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, the Catholics say, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. Mm. Filioque. He adds that to make, he's like, hey, the Creed's been updated, guys. Get with it or you're not Christians. Charlemagne, understanding that power can come from religion, Mm. that the Pope, especially the Pope, because he tends to be more of a secular leader than any of the other bishops, gets the Pope to kind of push this narrative of, um, you know, of, of the filioque, of, hey, Christianity's been updated, guys. If you're not with us, you're not right. You're but not Christian. Does it make a difference, or just the fact that they're respecting his power? Theologically, it can make a difference if you really get into it, but that's, that's not something I'm able to do. Mm. Um, well, kind of, but not really. I don't really want to. But historical and religious experts, Seth. Oh my God, mm-hmm. I didn't know he had another yeah, whammy on the neither. show, <laughs> Doctor Seth. Thank <laughs> neither, goodness for coming neither. on. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, but <laughs> Professor Doctor, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <Seth>? Lecture now, <laughs> dumbass. That's that's the word. <laughs> Zealot. No, um, but so balls. He gets balls, Seth. <laughs> Doctor Balls. Um, but so Charlemagne gets the Pope to kind of legitimize this change in the creed without calling a council. Mm -hmm. A council isn't called. And so he's saying with this action that the Pope can make these decisions without other people coming to agree on them. Mm -hmm. The Pope is the most important bishop. And look, the Pope agrees with me. So if the Pope is the most important bishop, I am the more important emperor. 
So it's almost subtle on purpose. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like a little, like, give them an inch, they'll mm-hmm. take a mile move. Right. The next pope after Charlemagne fucking hates what he did. Mm. Has the Nicene Creed without the filioque mm. inscribed in big silver tablets, which are still in the Vatican. They don't belong there. <laughs> I don't think they belong in Constantinople. Not Istanbul. Istanbul, by the way. The word Istanbul. Mm. We, we can kind of get away with calling it Constantinople still because Istanbul is a derivative of the phrase Istanbulus, which means I'm from the city. What mm. city? Constantinople. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the city they're talking about. When they say Istanbul, Istanbulus. I am from the city. I am from Constantinople. That's the city they're talking about. So call it whatever you want. Isn't it the Turks changed it or something? No. The Turks say Istanbulus. I'm from the city. I'm from the city. What city? Talk about Constantinople. And eventually it just turns into like so yeah you call it it's funny that it's just like an american guy who's just like yeah it's fucking constantinople and people are like dude what are you talking yeah, about yeah <laughs> i'm just that's where the that's where the name of the city is istanbul today mm. yes but that's where the name comes from is the it comes from is from the phrase istanbulus but mm. anyways charlemagne changes the creed has the creed changed um eventually that gets taken away right mm. wonderful then uh, a few hundred years go by, and it's the 1050s now, 1054. There is Love a heresy, right? Classic neo, uh, sorry, mid-century modern mm. shit running around. They got their polka dots all over everything Hell yeah. in Spain in the, fifth, in the 11th century. So the 1050s, 1040s, there's a guy running around. Uh, there, there is a heresy happening, especially in Spain, called Arianism. Not like the Nazis, Mm-mm. not with a Y, with an I. Uh, and it's based around a guy named Arius. Mm. Arius's big thing is that Christ is, in, I, I believe, and I could be getting this wrong, but I know the impact of it, so don't take me as an authority figure, but the Arian controversy, the Arian heresy, as far as I'm aware, is stating that Christ is not God. Mm. He is an important holy figure, he is the Messiah, but he is not God, per se. Okay, yeah. so almost like between Muslim and not Muslim right. kind of... Yeah. Or something like that, or, or the nature of Christ he disagreed with. Mm. So, obviously, people disagree, mm. as they should if they're Christians. Uh, they disagree with Arius, and Arius was a priest. So, uh, he. So, there's a movement to bring back the filioque that starts in Spain. Because, hey, if in the creed that we all accept, because we're all Christians, it says that the Holy Spirit is also, also proceeds from the Son, the Father mm. and the Son. Then of course he has to be God. Mm-hmm. If you're going to agree with the creed, then you have to. Then here's here's the phrase. And so they kind of readapt that, and it starts to get pushed again a couple centuries later as like a as as like a, a way of saying, hey, if you're going to agree with the creed, then you have to say this, and you have to say Christ is God mm. in the creed, which the creed already basically says Christ is God as a reply to the Arian Revolution, yes, saying like, no, 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 based on this fact, right. But then the Eastern Orthodox are like, there's a bunch of bullshit. Like, the, yeah. he's still the son, but it doesn't matter about the creeds. Yes, that's exactly what happens. And so what happens is the Pope adopts the filioque in mm-hmm. 1050, in the 1050s. And um, without calling a council, he changes the creed, which is a big fucking deal. Because mm-hmm. you're basically saying, now we're getting into papal primacy. Now we're getting in not just the, pa- the Pope being the first among, e- um, first among equals. <laughs> The Pope is now the first, mm. which is a problem because we didn't agree on that. Mm. You didn't call counsel for that. Maybe they actually could have gotten the filioque in the uh, in the creed if they had called a council, but they didn't, and he just does it on his own. And when the Eastern patriarchs hear about this, they go, uh, 
we weren't invited. Mm. You did not consult us. You just did it on your own. And the Pope goes, oh, you don't agree with me? Okay, you're excommunicated. And so in Constantinople, there are um, a papal bull is posted uh, in a church that says, if you don't accept the filioque, you're excommunicated. And he excommunicates basically the whole of the Eastern world. Everyone that isn't in Europe, basically, Mm -hmm. if you're a Christian, you are not excommunicated. So then the Patriarch of Constantinople replies by excommunicating the Pope. And it's all well and good. No, you're excommunicated. Yeah, it's like, oh, you can't excommunicate me. You're excommunicated. That's exactly what happens. Um, So he kicks him out of the club. The Pope kicks everybody out of the club. And then everyone goes, "Uh, well, you know, we still have half the club. And you're not allowed in this half anymore, (laughs) douchebag. Like, you can't just walk around in both of them. And so, whatever. That really isn't the end of the world Hmm. as far as the average parish life of people goes. For the most part, in Western Europe and, and the Eastern Christians, they're... Christian life, their existence is still really, really similar. Mm-hmm. They would recognize each other as Christians. They call each other brother, that kind of thing. Um, you know, they take communion from each other. Whatever. Mm-hmm. That's not the end of the world until the Fourth Crusade. So I can also now get into why Venice is the most evil city in Europe right now. <laughs> so during the Fourth Crusade, uh, we're going, we're going to take back the Holy Land. You know, again, 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 again. Um, <laughs> And they go back. The Third Crusade was almost successful. It's they almost do it with the Third Crusade. Did they ever? They did it in the first one, right? They did it in the first one. The th- then, and then they were like, then uh-huh. the f- they fucked up on the second one. And they almost got it in the Third Crusade. They did good, um, or at least better than the second. Uh-huh. And um, so they're like, this time, it's for real. We got it. This is the one. Who Four ha- times who, the charm. We, we need money, right? We need money to go. Who has money? Oh. The Venetians, Venice, mm. these Venetian mer- uh, merchants who have cornered the salt market by going around to every other city in Europe that sells salt and murdering them and setting the city on fire. So they've cornered Shit's the salt. Business. Yeah, they've cornered the salt market by being evil. So they're the only ones that sell salt. They got a lot of fucking money. Um, so they say, "Hey, we're going to go." These crusaders, these French and German, mostly crusaders, go and uh, you know entreat the Venetians. Hey, we need money to make it to the Holy Land. Give us some boats, okay? But you got to pay us back. All right, yeah, we'll get around when we get to the Holy Land. Get all that gold. We'll mm. get you back then. They end up not making it to the Holy Land. Holy Land. They run out of money in Constantinople. Mm. So in the Greek world, they stay in Constantinople for about a year. There's some accounts of people actually working with, like, in Constantinople with the Greeks and making money that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, it, how does that work? They're just like, ah, we need more money. Ah, oh, we ran out of money because we bought too much McDonald's and now we have to stay here right. and like. Yeah, they land in Constantinople and are out of money. And they, just, like, work. And then. I, I assume the plan was sail into a friendly port, Constantinople, mm-hmm. friendly port, because they didn't hate each other that mm-hmm. much then. Um, sail into there, get off the boats, and we'll march to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but when we get there, uh, fuck, we're out of money. We don't have any more money. We can't, we can't buy all the provisions we need to march to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So we need to do some work locally to save up some money so we can go. So there's a bunch of dudes in chain mail, yeah. like, working at Walmart. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> this fucking sucks. Can't wait to go fucking pillage. <laughs> well, hold on. We'll get there. They get the pillage. They get the pillaging, um, unfortunately. And then the Venetians are kind of like, hey, guys, time's up. Where's our fucking money? The, mm. the, the Venetian mafias. Italians never change, I suppose. <laughs> Where's our money? Um, so that was the, the Pope is just the big boss. He's just taking Well, this, is, this isn't even the Pope, really. This is, the, this is people in Venice. Mm. So not in the Vatican. Um, this is people in Venice saying, hey, we need our money now. I'm like, oh, well, we can't get it to you. Okay, take it from Constantinople. Mm. So in 1204, um, the Catholic Crusaders start to raid monasteries in Constantinople. 
They rape the nuns at the altar. They murder priests and parishioners during church services. For God. Yeah, well, for Venice. The Crusades, you can kind of get away. They had the plus on their shirt. Yeah, Amazing. fucking sweet. No. <laughs> you can kind of get away with um, saying the First Crusade is a religious war. The rest of them, mm-mm. I thought it was the money. English. I thought the English were doing... St- I don't Because, like, don't they have the Red Cross, and that's what the Crusaders yeah, had no, on their... That's that's the Cross of St. George that the English have. Um, the famous rapist of Jerusalem, right? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, we can get into arms and armor material something, culture. Something like that. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, what do you know? You're not an expert. <laughs> no, you're right. I'm not. Um, but so so they rape and pillage their way through Constantinople to get that money. Mm. Um, you know, as much as people can critique this current pope, he's actually given a lot of that stuff that they took back to mm. to, to Constantinople or to the Greek church. Sorry, in, guys. Yeah, in Athens. They give them back to the Athenians in, in Greece, modern day Greece. You can Greece. rape some guys if you yeah. want. <laughs> you can rape some Italian women if you want to. No. They'll probably like it, so it's not as bad. <laughs> I love Italy. Evil. Please don't. <laughs> um, Redact. Yeah, so they... they uh, <laughs> They kind of get jiggy with that, and they come back to Venice with all that money and that, that booty. And so after that, you can kind of understand that people in Constantinople and in the Eastern Christian world were like, um, wait a second, we are not, we're not like you. Mm. You're not like us. You just came and raped and pillaged your way through our city for money purposes. You mm. are not the same as us. Mm-hmm. We're different kinds of Christians. So 1204 is really, really when eastern and western christians start to recognize themselves as different what's like going on like are people mm-hmm. just making bread like what technology wise like in 1204 like is it still just like wooden wheeled ox carts and people yeah. like well they have horses they do does do they people have, have salt pretty yeah. cheap it's yeah. not like a big luxury well, it depends on where you live do if they you have live hot close dogs? to the coast and you can get your own salt from the salt water then yeah they probably have they have sausages okay they've got bread Medieval people didn't eat bland food. Medieval people loved spice. They loved... Let me get into the, the, the material culture, because this is what my real passion is, hmm. is the material culture of the Middle Ages, what those people liked. I want the good food. Like, yeah. did, did they have sandwiches yet? When did they make that? That was the, the later invention, right? Uh, they did. So they had something called trencher bread, mm-hmm. where you would... Um, your plate, a lot of times in the Middle Ages, was a big piece of bread that would soak all the juices up. And at the so end, sick. Yeah, at the end, if you were rich, you give it away to the poor. It's alms. Good for your soul. If you're poor, you're going to fucking eat it. Eat like, the I'm fucking hungry. plate. Yeah. It's like the bread bowl of Panera. Yeah. You can throw it away yeah. if you're rich. Yeah, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat this. Yeah. Like, this is delicious. It's got all the juices from my, um, yeah. from like my salmon. Medieval people ate a lot of salmon. was a peasant food in the Middle Ages. Nice, oh. dark, rye, like wheat bread was oh. peasant food in the Middle Ages. White bread was more of like an, an aristocratic thing. Yeah. They spiced their food if you could afford spices. If not, they seasoned their food a lot with herbs. Mm. Poor people can afford herbs in the Middle Ages. Yeah, you, you, got, you got an herb garden. Yeah. Right. You make sauce from herbs and from like bread. Mm-hmm. And it, so medieval food is really flavorful. It's not like gray gruel. It's hearty. <laughs> it's flavorful. You drink beer at lunch. I thought it was all porridge. No. And spit. Porridge existed. <laughs> but um, they have, they eat salmon. But the enlightenment is where they're like, what if we can put this stuff in between the bread and call it a... And then in the 30s, they're like, what if we cut the bread with a knife, bro? And, make it, and then we can make more of these sandwiches. Sandwich technology just, you know... I'm sure exploded. at some point, a medieval person put a piece of bread on top of his trencher when he was eating his nice salmon, and he made a beautiful salmon sandwich. And he told all of his friends, and they all loved it. It's like, bro, put it on top. Put it on top, bro. That's a fucking good idea. <laughs> You're a genius. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm sure that happened. Um, but we don't have evidence of that, so I'm not going to say that. Do you have any but, old like recipes that you make? Like mm-hmm. old like yeah. I made a because we brew meat at my house. Yeah. I made a, a medieval spiced mead using medieval spices. I used um, cinnamon, long pepper, that orange. long pepper, mm-hmm. clove, <laughs> balls again. Yeah, like. balls. Uh, no clove, orange peel. It was delicious. I loved it. It, it sounds so really good. good. Yeah. Sounds like a, almost like a honey or like a pumpkin spice yeah. kind of deal yeah. or like. We also made a pumpkin spice mead, but it was it was. It was really Christmassy. It was mm. very, and I used uh, allspice berries and dried um, like juniper essence. It was really good, dude. It was amazing. My best meat though was uh, honey or honey though was uh, lavender. Oh, mm-hmm. you gotta send me some of these recipes. I got the recipes written down. I can send them to you. All right, bet, bet, bet. Yeah. What kind of food do you make though? Do you make porridge? You just I have cry. made. I've made a couple medieval uh, dishes, like mushy peas. But mm. not like the modern kind of British. Like tastes kind of like sick, like vomit. Mm. Um, but like good. Peas, pottage, basically, mm-hmm. uh, and salmon recipes. It's good, man. It's good for you. They had it with salmon herb. in the yeah. Mediterranean. Like I, like I said, well, I'm talking about England right now. Oh, okay. I thought they that's like my herring. I don't know what I those people. Idea. That's not my. Uh, if we're going to talk about like the daily lives, England is my my focus. Okay, okay. Um, they loved, loved, loved gaudy colors and intense flavors. The the closest thing like food historians say to like medieval flavor is like barbecue, like that really? sweet spice. Yeah. Oh. That's what they were really into. Just an old fucking drunk mm-hmm. British dude. Oh, give me a rib. Yeah. Oh, fucking Eat, slamming beer, yeah. ale. Sorry, slamming ale and eating fucking ribs. Yeah, man. That sounds sick. Yeah. It's not just crying and no coughing. People, people, people don't like being gross. <laughs> people don't like. They never liked being dirty. No. No. <laughs> I thought people they just liked, never watched. No. People. They took baths. <laughs> There's some experimental archaeology going around now. We think they might have washed with like um, like ash because ash will like remove the oils from your skin. It can be dangerous. Mm. But we're trying so we're trying to figure out how they did it a little bit better. Um, but we know they had ways to wash themselves mm. with more than just water, basically. Damn. And their mouths. They cleaned their mouths. They brushed their teeth. They didn't brush their teeth, but they had things that you would eat that would make your mouths not fucking reek. Oh, I, they have like. Um I know at a lot of Indian restaurants they'll have like a little spoonful of mm-hmm. anise or some yep. shit like that. Yeah. Fucking tastes like shit. I love anise. Or, <laughs> fucking my, love star anise. I can't. Or like, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. Anisette? Whatever licorice is. Yeah. Anise. Okay. Star anise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit. Um, anyways. <laughs> or like my dad, he told me, because he's from India where it was like poor and shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't poor. And that is another point. I get you, I get you, I get you. But he would like brush his teeth just with charcoal and yeah. salt. Dude, it works. And they would just rub it. And I'm sure medieval people did it. And he said people... for medicine, he would drink castor oil. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the, you're drinking fucking car oil? Which yeah. is not the same no. thing. I don't know what but, that is. I mean, the white bitches now drink castor oil. It's like the Oh, really? Thing. Is yeah. that bad? Yeah, I dated a girl. She was like, she wasn't a white bitch. She's, very, she's sweet. We're good friends. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, let's go get some castor oil. Fuck that bitch, yeah, bro. She's like, let's go get some castor oil. And I was like, for what? She's like, I saw it on TikTok. I'm like, okay, grandpa. <laughs> Drinking castor oil. No, but medieval people loved, loved gaudy colors and spicy food. Like medieval illuminated manuscripts and the way people dressed wasn't just drab. If you could get color, you got color. Mm. Like you're going to wear bright, gaudy. It's They loved it. And mm. it's it's crazy. If you're going to study any period of history ever, you need to love it. And it's really unfortunate because there are some modern historians now and I'm not speaking for most of them, because most of them, if you study something long enough, you're going to fall in love with it. This happens a lot with Byzantine historians, because mm. we have so many antiquarians. We have so many people that love and fetishize Rome and the Greeks. Mm. We love them. 
they love the it. classics the classics it's like why so are they classics? the classics yeah. right right that comes from classics. the fucking victorians <laughs> douchebags um but you know if you it, that's what they love is that history but there's so many of them so well what's kind of adjacent to roman history byzantine history so i'll study byzantine history but i'm going to study it with like this this ire like this like oh you're not what i really love i'm not happy about it and this isn't the whole of byzantine historians but i've heard from people in that realm that you get that attitude a lot especially in byzantine history Mm. it's like oh these aren't the real romans these aren't the cool romans Mm. with their pilum and their scutums and their lodica segmentata armor whatever what's a scutum scutum is their shield Ah. That's the shield. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they did when they didn't after they after they pooped. They scoot them. Must them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but scoot them on your face. <laughs> and and but with, with those few sad exceptions, for the most part, when you study history, you need to love it. Mm. And so when you study the Middle Ages, you will fall like people fall in love with it because mm. it's so it's so un- it's so so many misconceptions. People aren't rolling around in mud selling mud like that (laughs) that isn't happening my favorite yeah Mm, mud mud. people people are people like flavorful foods and they like things that are pretty Mm. the same way they do now right we have different tastes but even in the middle ages if you go back and if you go and i can speak more for armor if you go back in 1400 and are wearing a piece of armor from 1390 they're gonna think you're fucking poor (laughs) They're that is be, so 1390. Yeah, oh it's God. so 10 years ago, dude. <laughs> it's Medieval fashion progresses <clears throat> at almost the same rate that modern fashion does, which is crazy. Um, it's like a 10-year cycle of like what's cool and what's mm. not. So when you go to reenactments and people are like, like their underwear is hanging out or they're wearing like, like single, they're wearing like hose that are basically pants mm-hmm. and it's like 1410, you're like, no, dude. Like, you, that's not cool, bro. Right, that's so You're lame. from the future, idiot. You don't like, even have a fucking balls knife, bro? Yeah. You fucking idiot. Right, it's, it's 1360. <laughs> you don't have your ball knife hanging down? Um, come on, man, get with it. Did you hear somebody knock at the door? That's my foot. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Like, we're caught out the window. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, the first part, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend to anyone who wants to get into history. Hmm. The first part is understand you have biases and you need when you go to learn medieval history or any history really you need to lose the the biases Mm. and you need to love the sources medieval art looks weird it does look weird Mm -hmm. but it's not because as i've heard an actual optometrist say in a youtube video so you could have but i I heard an optometrist in a youtube video say that medieval art was weird and kind of two-dimensional because the sun was in a different part in the sky and they didn't have dimension they couldn't see dimension are you fucking stupid are you serious <laughs> that's ridiculous it comes from you saw in my room the way the icons are painted in that kind of two-dimensional style mm-hmm. it come. it's a development of that it's oh this is the holy art style this is how art's done we're gonna do this with every other kind of art in the but why'd they do it like that like so iconography is in that style because it's not supposed to be a depiction of earth it's mm. supposed to be a depiction of the next life it's not of earth that's why none of my icons have backgrounds everything's flat flat gold yeah yeah because it's it's supposed to be a window out of this world Mm. you're not look when you look at that paint it's not supposed to be of something you can go out and see in earth Mm. yeah it's it's supposed to look different because i thought it was like a a fashion almost like how modern art just looks like shit Mm -hmm. you know well in the middle ages when it eventually it so iconography eventually develops into that western medieval art style that we see mm-hmm. kind of two-dimensional with that way and then that becomes the fashion that becomes what art is that mm-hmm. become that becomes what art looks like and if you think it looks stupid 
that's fine because it is silly like it looks really silly sometimes yeah. especially when you first get into it but if you're going to love if you're going to study history you need to learn to love it mm. you don't have to love it yourself but you should understand why they loved it mm. you should understand that this these people weren't stupid they had different tastes than me yeah kind of thing it's yeah. like if we like you're wearing like a flannel shirt and people mm-hmm. would be like why do they have fucking squares all over yeah. the shirt you'd be like because they like you know loggers and Paul Bunyan yeah. and stuff like that because I want to look like a cowboy yeah <laughs> Got my boots on. Yeah, I can't. I I want to go to the future and have people be like, so they were like idiots back then, right? Because mm-hmm. they're just looking at like splotches and paying a million dollars for it, right? Like these fucking like yeah. single lines. They're like, so they were really just stupid. Yeah, <laughs> with our fucking nanotechnology. I think I, I I think we are running out of time a little bit. Oh, are we oh, so, yeah, four eleven. So, last thing I'm gonna say, like really harp on, and we can keep talking, obviously. But I promise. And I always give this spiel when I work at the homestead. Mm. <clears throat> I promise every single person listening to this in this room, so you and I, <laughs> who has ever sat in this classroom, that we are um, tres- trespassing. And no, we're not. No, we're not. I, I, okay, the I paid dean. so many thousands of dollars to be here. Go fuck yourself. I'm I gave him an application fee. Yeah. So, fuck yeah. them. Yeah, fuck them. Stupid cunts. <laughs> <laughs> if I was here, I would have gotten to him, bro. Um, no, so they... Like, uh, bro, this guy's so sick. He's so sick. Every single person that I've mentioned has an idea in their head or a conception or uh, a, a political ideology mm-hmm. that in 100 years someone will look back at you and think how on earth did that evil bastard have that idea of what reality is and i and i talk about this at the homestead in reference to slavery mm. so i say hey this is an old slave owning family mm. should we say oh everybody did it back then it's okay and make apologetics for them absolutely not no mm. Slavery, I like to believe, we can all agree, is an objectively bad thing. Yes. Yeah. Thank God. Not tea time approved. (laughs) Thumbs down. Yeah. Thank God. However. Well, gone technically. Yeah. (laughs) However, um, they existed without those standards in that time. Mm -hmm. Is that a good thing? No. Is that how things were at the time? Yes. Mm. So should we demonize them for believing that? Absolutely not. Mm. We should understand that they had those opinions that they thought that way we should we don't have to agree with it mm-hmm. we can think that it is objectively wrong thank god history progressed out of there but we shouldn't do the same thing to that family that that family did to their slaves mm-hmm. because like i said i promise in 100 years i will have an opinion you will have an opinion that someone looking back will think how could that subhuman monster mm-hmm. have that idea i don't want that to happen to me mm. so i'm not going to do that to other people whether it's the medieval period whether it's antiquity, mm. Greek, in, in you know Greece or Rome or Persia, uh, or whether it's you know the Hales 150 years ago, yeah. over at the homestead that I work at. Well, yeah, I mean, I think is you know like everybody has a reason for something. Like like I said about the Empire of the Summer Moon, like this girl, she got captured, and they're talking about how like they would immediately, if you were like a grown man, they would immediately just torture you and kill you they mm-hmm. would scalp you they would cut your dick off in front of your wife and then murder you Sweet. and like this lady she was pregnant when she got captured and she had a baby and so they tried to strangle it and and then it was still breathing so they just tied it up behind their horse and dragged it and it got ripped to shreds <laughs> and there and she was just like there what the fuck is wrong with these people and they're like yeah like that's <laughs> what do you mean but then like when did when did when is that book set 
Oh, uh, like the about? 1850s, the Comanches in the 1850s. Oh, and that's, see, that's a non-Christian world. Yeah. We come at that idea of life is sacred from a Christian view. That's a Christian idea. Life is sacred. Mm. That comes out of Christianity. Abolition in the sense of in America, that's a Christian movement. Yeah, like an enlightenment thing, yeah. like the and, whole. And if you don't have those Christian notions, if that's not the way you were raised, it's not mm. your fault. You're not, you're not less of a human for having those non-Christian notions. Mm. But if, yeah, like you're going to go, what? how could this Comanche drag my baby to shreds? Well, they don't hold life as sacred. Yeah, they were very, like, the but way they, they talked the about way it. We do. Yeah, but yeah. It, well, they, they said that, like, they didn't have, like, a god or they didn't have a priest class. Especially they're saying, like, the Comanches weren't that developed because they were so nomadic. They mm-hmm. didn't do farming or anything like that. And so, they, like, the way the guy described it is it's, it's just, like, a sequence of events that aren't, like, it's not like, oh, is this the way? Is, is that wrong? It's just, like, well, there's a baby and we don't have the resources and it might die, so we should just, like, get Kill rid of it. it. And yeah. it's like, oh, we can't strangle it? Well, I know what'll do the trick. Just fucking hook it up behind old <laughs> Nene here and we'll get her done. That's, and that's, you know, I, I can think that that's deplorable and evil, but I shouldn't think that those people are any less human than I am. Because, yeah. first of all, if I think that, then I'm not a Christian. Yeah. All Christians around the world need to understand. Especially like some of these really hardcore ortho bros, mm. the trad cats, and um, like these like evangelical type fundamentalist uh, Protestants need to understand that if you exist with hatred in your heart, you are failing as a Christian. Mm. The Christian existence is one out of love, obviously. That is when you go to an Orthodox church worth its salt and you speak to the parishioners there or to the priest. Mm. Some of the first words out of their mouth, if they get to talking about theology, especially for an intro level, they don't need to talk about theosis. They don't need to talk about the church councils. Mm. They don't need to talk about this. They need to talk about the loving existence of a Christian. Mm. That's what Christ calls us to do, mm. is to be love and to love the way he did. Not to say, oh, you're gay? Have fun in hell. Fuck no. Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's just people like bastardizing religion yeah. and be what they want. Like they're if, like, I want to stab somebody. How yeah, can I make it right. okay? If at any point yeah. you find yourself as a Christian condemning another person to hell, mm. take a step back. Be like, oh, yep, uh oh. And I've done that so many times, especially when I was a Protestant. Like, oh, you don't like. Okay, you barely know why you are the way you are. To mm. know why the way you are is to be a saint. Mm. <laughs> that's to that's to achieve enlightenment, mm-hmm. supposedly. In, in some more Eastern words. Or like um, Brahmanize or right, whatever they call it. Right. Yeah. To understand yourself wholly. So God knows you don't know why someone else is the way that they are. Even in the most secular way possible. You know, you don't know why that person made that decision, why they said that thing. You can not agree with it. Mm. But as a Christian, for you to say that that person's going to hell, that's evil. Mm. Like that's not, that's, that's not right. Yeah. I think it's like a prideful thing. Like they say, like pride is the root of all. Well, Dante mm. says that. Mm. No, but, he's know, right. In his fanfic, he's certainly right. Pride is the root of all mm. the de- deadly sins. Um, he's certainly correct. But I don't know. It, it, but it's curious though to think that there are people who like, for whatever reason, without Christianity, they were just like, yeah, stuff just happens. Yeah. And like they focused on like the spirits, whatever mm-hmm. that means, like their spirits and everything, and trying to like unlock them or use them and what have you. Yeah. But it was very much just like. Yeah, very matter of fact but it's I don't know that that's necessarily like a worse way of living maybe it's kind of like it's different well it's like if there's free will because that's like a necessity to be Christians believing mm-hmm. in free will that's correct but if they're not even thinking about it it's almost like because there was a thing of um, 
you know, I, I learned this one in Catholic school. It was like, okay, if you don't know about Christianity, then it's not a sin that you don't know and you can still go right. to heaven. Yeah. So then the argument was like, okay, then why, don't, why doesn't everybody shut the fuck up and then everybody gets to go to heaven? You yeah. know, don't tell anybody about Christianity. Because, mm-hmm. well, you know, then that comes from a place of ignorance. And then yeah. there's someone who knows who's keeping it away, and then eternity is not going to look like very good for that individual. Yeah. No, but then they get saved because they – or the guy who hides it, yeah, he's going to yeah. be in d not, not going to look good for that He's like, fuck, like, they're going to um, kill me, so i got to tell you. It's like, yeah. but, no, but they're going to kill me if I know and I don't like it. It's mm-hmm. like, well, fuck. Like, <laughs> a genuinely good piece of advice that I've received from the church, whether or not you want to take it in the christ center manner, that's not my – or, you know, the ambiguous you. That's mm-hmm. not my prerogative. I'm not here to, you know – convert people mm-hmm. that's not that's not the job of um, no you're a history expert not yeah. a yeah parishioner right um i am a parishioner but i'm not a clergyman parishioner just means a, a member of a, a parish or a ah. church community yeah okay. um so i am my, my my job is not to make everyone on the planet a christian i'm not uh, a lutheran or a baptist <laughs> um so wait, you guys are just like yeah, like you can come if you yeah. want so the the most the thing that's gotten a couple of my friends to convert or gotten them come to church is just love if i lead my life with a loving existence you know you hear it all the time and very often people don't practice it and i don't practice it very well mm. but the fact that i have brought a couple of people to church just based on my very measly failure of an attempt to read the bible and act more christ-like mm. and to be a little more loving and you know not let things get me so worked up all the time like i used to and people have noticed that change i'm like hey where did that change come from and i was like well it comes from this church i go to if you want to come that's okay. Uh, if I can, I can only imagine how people mm. that are holier than me, which is like everybody, like what they could do. Yeah. Even, even outside of like getting people to come to church, like how much better the world could be if everyone just led with love. Mm. And not in like the whole hippy dippy liberal, no, oh, peace and love, man, no judgment. Like I mean, there's room for judgment. hard to be like lead with love. People are like, oh, blah, blah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. pay my taxes then. Yeah. Just, no, you could correct. It's like a luxurious <laughs> way of thinking, right. you know? Yeah, no, but just enter into existence and into you know your interactions with people with the idea that you love them not mm-hmm. like a, oh i'm gonna fuck the shit <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you want to do you know that's a lost problem but in a whole like you know everyone inherently gives themselves a couple breaks mm. because you know that oh, I, I fucked up because of this so treat people yeah. that way well, that's like a um, treat people the way you want to be treated. We learned this all in kindergarten. Start living it, guys. Yeah, the golden rule. Yeah, well, have that's you heard a Christian of the, rule? Um, the fundamental attribution error. I think mm-hmm. I might be con- no, misconstruing yeah, it. Yeah, but it's, exactly yeah, it's like, like the main character syndrome. Well, it's like yeah, somebody fucked, somebody cuts you off, and they're a stupid piece of shit who should go die. But, but you, you cut somebody, somebody off, and you're like, well, I'm in a rush. You know, yeah. I need to. I have a wonderful. The, the last anecdote I'll say. I was in line at Dunkin' Donuts with um, a girl. And so sick. Yeah, gotta get myself some epic coffee. And there was this other girl that was like coming. The way the parking lots in the Dunkin' Donuts here in Gainesville set up are ridiculous, like the drive-through lines. Mm. But this one lady, she looked like she was in a huge rush. She wanted to pull it in front of us. Um, and the girl I was with was like, "Oh no, don't let him go! Like we were here first. We gotta go. Blah 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 blah. blah. Don't mm. let him. Like I bet you they do. I bet you this, that, this, mm. that, that person." And I was like, "You know, I'm not in a rush. I got nowhere to be. This person looks like they're having a hard time. Mm. Like go ahead." I pull that in front of me. And then that person, that lady, paid for our food. Oh. <laughs> and then, God bless her, the girl I was with was like, I feel so bad. And I was like, well, you know, let this be let this be a little bit of a learning point. You dumb bitch. No, I told you. <laughs> no, she's, she's amazing. But, like, you know, let this be, let this be a learning point, you know? Uh. Maybe be a little less judgmental mm. kind of thing. And Give not a like the little, little, like, 
you know, let me sexualize kids. Don't judge me. You don't know where I'm coming from. Like, no, get the fuck out of here with that. But it, like, you know, yeah. exercise your human rational reason. Yeah. Christianity, being a Christian, being a human is a rational experience. Mm. If you ever meet a, a priest that tells you to abandon your reason, abandon that priest. Mm. Criticize the Bible. Criticize the word of God. Um, it says to in the Bible. Um, think critically and ask for help. Ask the saints for help. Ask your parishioners for help. Ask people smarter than you for help. Mm. Um, that's what I've done. That's the only reason why I've been able to talk about this crap for two hours is because I've talked to people smarter than me about it. <laughs> I mean, but do you think it's necessarily like a Christian thing or there's other religions that can offer the same no. kind of philosophy? Mm-hmm. No. So like, is it, because thinking broadly, because um, I don't know, in my head it's kind of like religion is like a human thing. Like sure. there's a, um, I don't know, pretty sure you were there like i heard it in boy scouts um but it was like you know if you leave a baby on an island and they don't die they'll invent a knife like Mm. there are certain inventions that are universal for all humans everybody has bowls and clothes and knives Mm. and you know dildos so like i assume that like i think religion is one of those universal inventions and it's kind of like instinctual like a dildo it's like why so you know (laughs) human beings are fundamentally worshiping creatures Mm. and and in my opinion you're either going to worship something greater than yourself like Mm. god or if you're a christian you know the christian sense of that word Mm -hmm. um or you're going to end up worshiping yourself Mm -hmm. those are kind of your only two options a lot of people now worship themselves and we see where that gets us We're not doing too hot right now. Um, well, I mean, I think, like, and I don't know and shit you don't about have, Buddhism. Like, being an atheist doesn't mean you worship yourself. That's not inherently what that means. Yeah. Um, but you can worship, I don't know, the greater human spirit or whatever. Well, I think it's like a, like there's an inward focus rather than an outward right. focused. And yeah. that can be used, like, both can be abused. Mm-hmm. Look, the, the, the thing I heard the most when I was becoming Orthodox from the most people is no matter what, there is truth in everything. Mm. There is truth in Buddhism. I'll look, a lot of you can draw a lot of parallels between orthodoxy and Buddhism. Hmm. A lot of people, a lot of these young women that are getting hung up on Buddhism, I wish they had gotten, they had gotten that Eastern spirituality from orthodoxy mm-hmm. a little bit first. Because it's, it's, there's a lot of really similar stuff, uh, like asceticism. It's basically like, you know, like the Eastern, mm-hmm. like, you know, peace, love mentality. Mm-hmm. Like that worshiping chi or whatever, um, Brahmin, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. That exists in orthodoxy. It's called asceticism, mm. or and then eventually it leads to theosis or, or divination. Um, big concepts, but there's truth in everything. You can find truth everywhere. There's truth in those mega churches that I that I got disillusioned with. Mm. There's love there. There's truth in those little black Baptist churches. There's a lot of truth in those. God mm. bless them. Um, there's truth in the Catholic Church. There's there's truth in mosques. There's truth in temple. There's truth in. Um, Everywhere you go. Who are the ones that say, like, uh, the soldiers are, like, gay or something? Uh, like Westboro Baptists. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, those guys are, you know, those guys are dildos. <laughs> so, those guys aren't Christians, in my opinion. <laughs> Fuck no. Anyways. <laughs> Anything you want to end with? Um, so I got to go to work. No, I mean, like, yeah, if you have any closing thoughts, it's up to you about it. Like, uh, you know. If you want to get into history... Uh, it's an easy major, but make sure you love to read and write. Uh, if you want to read the Bible, you should. Uh, you should read, you should critique, you should enter life with love, but with rational human criticism of the world around you. Mm. Mm-hmm. You're not the end-all, be-all. People that are smarter than you have done more and done more, but you have your own opinions and you are special. Boom, perfect. Praying All hands. Right. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> kiss, kiss, love, love. We'll see you next time.